0: Who nobody's adopting these babies, and they definitely not adopting the black and the brown ones. I said Madonna.
1: Madonna's got a couple.
0: Well, she's a strange woman. Somebody
1: <laughs> she she scooped up a full, You know what I'm saying? She says she she says she did her part. Doing spoilers or no? Hey, man, if it's Sunday, I ain't seen a movie by now, then they're getting spoiled. Well, this is coming out on Tuesday, so if you ain't seen it by Tuesday,
2: it's kind of like, hey, man, well, That's, are that, you that's
1: one of my business. Yo, what's good, your boy, cypri Six, KTSCF Live, episode 104, keep that same energy. Right now, it's just me and Marcus, AC was here, but I think he might have fell out. Red might be coming on, shout to Nate, shout to, uh shit, Lowski. the uh, KTSCF, Luminati, we're trying to get it popping, uh. Real quick, appreciate everybody listening out there on uh, Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, where we get the podcast Have we drop a subscription, comment, like, all that fun stuff that everybody gets us to do, to finesse the algorithm. That is all I'm about, Finessing the algorithm. Hashtag engagement, hashtag engagement, hashtag engagement. Anywho, uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, all the future mothers, all the former mothers, all the babies' mothers. Let's get it. What's going on, Marcus? Just chilling. Uh, hopefully, the
2: uh, the Heat come and do what they're supposed to do here in Philly and uh, get these boys out of here, so we can end the series in five games, like I predicted. So that's all I'm here for. Philly is a uh, trash. Not the city. I'll actually, I actually like the city. The city's pretty nice, but the team is trash.
1: Yeah, I've been to Philadelphia once, the weekend that Prince died. So. There's okay. this anywho, yeah. Uh let's see what we're we gonna start with. Um, I know y'all want to hear about Doctor Strange, we're gonna get to that in a little while, but I, I do want to open up with some foolishness just because you know, get started pop from the beginning of the podcast. Uh I saw a tweet that kind of took over on Twitter. Again, if you don't be on Twitter, then you're kind of missing out on like low-key hella funny stuff. But somebody tweeted out like, Hey, you know, if they'd had like Pokemon in the civil uh war civil rights era. <laughs> like the Jim Crow time period that they have like blast toys out there hosing down African-Americans <laughs> <laughs> fighting for rights. And that, that made me think a shout out to the Photoshop. Uh, you'll definitely see the episode art will uh, reflect this uh, initial topic, but it made me think like, damn, if there were Pokemon and civil rights Jim Crow era, like which ones would be like racist, which ones would not be trying to <laughs> cross the lines, the, the racial barriers. Obviously, Blastoise is definitely a, uh, a racist, right? Easily. He, he definitely would support, support that cause, especially with his abilities. Um, if we're going to stick with the basic ones. I know Pokemon's gone to like another dimension that I have no clue what's going on. Uh, but we're going to stick with the basic ones that I know about. Um, I feel like Pikachu, I feel like he might be a little racy too. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's I'm alive.
1: I mean, he hung out with Ash I never saw him hanging out with any black or brown people. Any members of the LGBTQ community? So it looked like he liked to hang around the whites. I mm. know. Was Ash white? Was he like light skinned I don't know. I thought he was Asian. He's not Asian. Damn. All right. Well, Pikachu, you got passed. But uh, let's see. Any fire type Pokémon? Charizard? They're out there burning crosses. Yeah, Charizard lighting crosses
2: up with ease. <laughs> like he's lighting them all up like fucking Game of Thrones, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Charizard. Let's get to some stuff I do want to spoil. I'll shout out to Kendrick Lamar. He did drop a song. We'll probably talk about that later. Great video. Um, Great video. But I don't want to talk about this last week. We didn't get a chance to, but uh Netflix finally wrapped up Ozark. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So and, and as a typical uh black fashion, I call it Ozarks, even though it's like Ozark, like Walmart's. Uh, you know, we add S's to the end of words sometimes, but yeah, the Ozark scenes finale, series finale, I'm sorry, part two of the last season. Actually, I want to get Marcus's initial thoughts. Uh, I guess we'll we'll skip to the end without spoiling the end, but so, again, spoiler alert, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on the final frame?
2: Uh, final frame? Okay, it's... Uh, initially, it was a thumbs down, but the more I think about it, thumbs up. After yeah. I, had to, I, I had to process it for like a, a, an hour or two, and then I gave it a thumbs up.
1: Yeah, because I do remember your initial takes regarding the Bird family, which we will talk about after we get into it, but, um, I think it wrapped up pretty good. Like I've tried to talk to people about Ozark. I think a lot of people think it was a little too slow for them, which I get it. It is a slow build, but once the show gets rolling, it's like a one, a one television. And again, it's on Netflix. You don't, you don't have to really work hard for it. It's right there in front of you. And, and it did surprise me when they started dropping the trailers for the, final two parts of the last season i didn't see too much twitter buzz on there so i don't know if it was like a COVID thing where like maybe they should have released it earlier or maybe people got disinterested or maybe there's just a lot going on in the world but i figured there had been a lot more buzz for that show and even when it wrapped i felt like i could go on twitter and not see any spoilers which i'm usually a big anti-spoiler person I, i really wasn't threatened in that way so i think it's gonna be one of those things where people catch on later on with the series, they realized like, yo, this was like top tier. You could you can make the argument that this show had one of the better endings. So, um, if you are not hip to Ozark, essentially the show. Go ahead. Better endings,
2: as far as like like all time TV shows, or just for Netflix.
1: Um, I can't think of like the pan- pantheon of Netflix shows. Episode. I know like
2: the only the only full like Netflix originals is like Orange is the New Black. Uh, maybe like Top Boy, but that's not... I'm trying to think of shows that I've actually finished. There's not a lot of shows... Like, I'm, I'm not a super huge TV person. Like, I'm not watching shows all the way to the finale for the most part. And a lot of shows kind of get cut off before they even get to that point. But, I mean, if we're talking all the time, like, if we're talking uh, TV show endings, was this better than the end of Game of Thrones? I would say yes. Was it better than, like, The Shield... Or the Sopranos, I would say no. It wasn't yeah, well, as good as crazy. was it good as like Dexter? I'm probably saying no on that
1: too. Whoa, wait a second! Better than the ending of Dexter? This was better than the ending of Dexter. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I I would even say something blasphemous that I got a Grammy's probably going to flame me out for, but I think it was better than the. Ending. I feel like the. I
2: mean, you there. There was really no getting closure on the wire, and maybe I'm, I haven't. asked. The they could so. end
1: they could have ended it after season three, after they wrapped up the Barksdale stuff, after Sugar Bell went back to jail. They could end the show right there. Everything, everything was resolved. Everything was done.
2: All the storylines were tied up. Yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. that, that, that's fair. Like, obviously, you're you're still going back through it, but like, if I had to do it right now, without you know having seen The Wire in like five years, uh, I'd, I'd say Ozark, as far as the ending, how it ended, is better than The Wire. The Wire probably went a season too long. Season maybe you know what two seasons too on maybe maybe I'll live tweet one one day. I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. Now. Maybe I'll rewatch it again and give it a shot. But I just haven't seen it in a long time. It's so dated.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, I go back and rewatch it. I'm just like, yeah, you can kind of tell based on like the music was playing in the background, like what year it is, and just how they're dressing, as far as like some of the antiquated electronics they're using, as far as like pagers, uh payphones, like doing payphones. Are they? Do they exist still? That's that's kind of what I want to know. Like, are there pay phones in the wild? No chance. And if they are, like, are you using cryptocurrency to make phone calls these days, or maybe they have I'm them like there.
2: in Mississippi. I would say they, they have them like in those
1: kinds of states, like Alabama might have a pay phone. So now, do they work? Probably not. But too deep in this, we'll give y'all a little bit more time to watch it. But we we definitely will we'll break that down a little bit further. Another wild thing I wanted to jump off at the end of the episode was. And we talked about this in our group chat with the whole uh, Kim K, Ray J situation. If true, like Mama Kardashian, whatever that lady's name is, Chris Chris, Chris Jenner, who runs that, that sick family, sh- sh- she is off the chain. Like there's a lot to unpack with these allegations. So I guess in the show, Keeping Up the Kardashians, a show I've never seen a second of. Uh, I guess there's a scene where, like, they were talking about Kanye West going to get, like, part two of the sex tape that Ray J had. And I guess Ray J was tweeting out that, like, yo, he's tired of the propaganda, he's tired of the lies, that this whole thing was planned from the beginning by her mother. And that, allegedly, there was no fear of the rest of the tapes being released because Kim Kardashian has them. And I'm like, fam. I get it, and I, this might be like a question of the week. Like, how far would you exploit your family to make money? Because, like, I mean, we're not just talking regular money, though. Like that family, like if you
2: put all their networks' worths together as a billionaire, multi-billionaire family, let me off see of off of like a, what, a 10 a fifteen minute sex tape, like. And, and for her to, oh my
1: gosh, Danny Green, fuck this dude. Also, uh, Tim K's alleged net worth is 1.4 bill, so. And I think
2: Kylie is a billion also. And then you got to consider all the other sisters. If you add all those up, that's multi-billions of dollars. And for what I always thought is that Kim and Ray J made the sex tape, and then once it leaked, they were just like, all right, let's get behind this. Let's try to own this and then sell it it appears that everything before that was orchestrated. Like the making of the sex tape was orchestrated. The leaking of the sex tape was orchestrated. And then the, you know, owning it and monetizing it is, it's all a ploy. And for, honestly, I, I, I give Chris Jenner a hell of, hell of a lot of credit. Like that's kind of futuristic uh, seeing, like being able to see into the future and be like, yo, If we can do this, and it's not like Kim K was anybody, like, super special. It's not like, I mean, Ray J was Ray J, but, you know, Ray J's not, you know, it's not like it was genuine Wine or uh, Usher at that time. But for her to say, like, okay, if I can get these two to do this and it leaks out there and it could possibly turn into what it has become, like, who would even think that? Like, if you were to pick two random celebrities at that time and be like, if these two put out a sex tape you know, it's going to turn one of these families into a billionaire empire. Like, Kim K is pretty low on that list. Ray J is pretty low on that list, too, as far as, like, R&B singers. Like, think of the R&B singers and, you know, pretty, what was Kim K? Just, like, an assistant to Brandy or something or a celebrity's friend. Think of all those girls that could have been that and all the R&B artists that could have been Ray J. And you're telling me they could have been a billionaire? Like, Chris Jenner saw a vision. And she followed it to a T, and it it works. I respect it.
1: Well, to me, this this reeks of fatherless behavior, right? There was no like patriarchal <laughs> figure in this household, correct at the time, right? Because <laughs> she's running the show. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if there was a father figure in this house, just how the 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 average current architect of a male mind is constructed that would have never happened and all of this would have been nip in the bud they'd probably be like D-list celebrities right now because like there's there's no way some father isn't like yo I got this tape of this, this dude piping down my daughter and we're gonna monetize it absolutely not absolutely not does not happen <laughs> unless you are being ran by a psychopath mother that I mean, I, you could argue that it's, like, a liberal concept, like, yo, it's just sex. However, it is sex of your child, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it, is, it, is it is Hollywood. Like, that is, it's, that is, it's holly, hashtag Hollyweird, you know, I line up with the conservatives, you know, the Hollywood conspiracies, that's that's some wild shit. Like, it being leaked is is more is more of an acceptable, like, answer. It's like, oh, yeah, it was leaked, it's out there, so we might as well get behind it and make a couple coins off but if it's true that this was orchestrated,
2: nasty work. Okay, let me let me say this. Let me let me. I don't know if this is going to be a hot take or not, but what's the difference between Chris Jenner and Tiger Woods' dad, or Serena Williams, Serena and Venus Williams' dad, or Joe Jackson, or Beyonce's dad? Like, what's the difference in in these two scenarios? Like, they saw that their child had. Some not maybe not the same level of gifts I, I and talent, but but they saw something in their child, and they're like, you know what, this could be something, there's some potential here, and they could be, you know, whatever they project them to be, you know. And, and for Chris Jenner, it's like, okay, my grown daughter who's already in the Hollywood circles could blossom into the Tiger Woods of social media or the. Venus Williams of celebrity with this tape. And she saw that vision and she put her on that path. Like, what's the difference between those two styles of parenting?
1: The answer to that question is boiled down to one word. Semen. Oh, God. <laughs> that is the answer. Semen is what makes <laughs> all these scenarios different. There's no, there no semen outside of producing the children involved. The child was produced, and then there was she-clappish going on. So that, that is the biggest difference. So, yeah.
2: Like I said, I, I still respect the vision. She, she saw something. She made a play. She exploited Hollywood and, and uh, I guess, Twitter and going viral before really going viral was a thing. Like, in it, like, t- uh, Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson, vastly more famous than Kim Kardashian and, and Ray J at that time. They weren't able to make take their sex tape to this level. Now, the difference is that they didn't plan on doing it. They didn't, you know, purposely make that sex tape to leak it to make money off of it. But Chris Jenner, maybe Chris Jenner saw what they did. He was, she was like, yo, this their sex tape made them more popular, more famous. And they already are more popular and famous. So what can this do for my family name, my you know, legacy or whatever it is? And it worked. It's like how many how many people could do this or how many people have actually thought about doing like because Paris Paris Hilton, Paris Hilton had one too. And it didn't do these numbers. Like she's obviously still doing fine, but it well, didn't it, do it that.
1: Built like a tree branch that, that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I guess in, in that same vein, I did tweet out, I almost forgot. So you said something I, I did tweet out earlier in the week. What's the minimum will cost you to drop a sex tape. So we had a couple responses uh, we'll start with the tech Messiah. Shout out to him. He said, I can drop one right now for free. That's a nasty word. I mean, in this economy, I feel like you should monetize any content, but you know, if he is a uh, a generous king, then God bless him. Uh, we have Ethan Wall 445 that said he would drop one for 10k. I feel like he must be dropping some mid because if you're only getting 10k for your work, then you need to do better. Um, Let's see. I got a Grammy said, if I had their machine and I know it would still eat off for, for years down the road, he said 200K. Uh, as Marcus watches the heat game, he said, floor seats for the heat for the rest of the playoffs. And when they show me on the TV, I want to say that N word with a two minute long sex tape. Gang, gang, here we go. <laughs> Worth and it. And Rev, and Rev said, however much rent it is that I actually know it. Speaking of refs, she, she just showed up.
2: That's, yeah. that's such a low bar, and that's disgustingly flagrant.
1: Speak of the devil, we were just talking about the tweet I put out earlier this week as we talked about Kim Kardashian and Ray J uh, sesca- sexcapades. Um, I tweeted out, what's the minimum it would cost you to drop a sex tape? And quote from minus well underscore rev run, however much rent is that much. I-, I feel like... I'm just saying, I feel like that you have to see the vision, like as a content creator, you have to be looking for things like equity, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Gener- generational worth. <laughs> you know Wealth. You know, have your kids, 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 kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't sell yourself short in these hard economic times.
0: I feel like saving 13... What, how much am I read? Like 1380 on rent that <laughs> month? <MX? laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, you know what? I, I see the vision. So you take that that 1380 and then you yeah,
0: start an LLC. In the Roth IRA or something. Uh, okay, know. yeah. Or, yeah. you know...
1: <laughs> Buy some crack, whatever you know. Any way to you know make make a dollar out of it? In what says.
0: generation? I don't even have kids, and the way it's looking in America right now, I'm just <laughs> <have kids. laughs> It's just me. Oh
1: man, and, and that is a that is a smooth transition to the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade. <laughs> wow, uh, you know what? If I was a little bit more professional, prepared. Um, I would have a drop saying uh, these white people are dangerous from Pocahontas because I don't know what's going on with these people. I don't understand it. I, I don't. I don't know why that. <laughs> who died and made them the coochie kings, right? <laughs> like it, it doesn't. It baffles me the level of control these these older white men feel they need to have over the autonomy of of women, right? And it. And it's one of those things where the reason why it's troubling and I know it's definitely troubling for, for women for obvious reasons, but the thing is, is that it's, it's not going to stop there, right? It can become a slippery slope. Like there's people in the year of our Lord 2022 that still don't believe in interracial marriage. You know what I'm saying? So whatever backwoods, super ultra conservative views of the good old days and when America was great were out there, they could be on the table for, you know, being overturned and again that is that is definitely problematic i do have a hot take that i might may or may not say but we'll, you know just remind me of that later i might bring it up but um i guess i guess what are your thoughts on the the leaking of the potential uh, draft of the roe v wade reversal
0: um i mean it does shock me that that type of document will be leaked uh out of a place like the Supreme Court, this feels like something typical of like the way our current uh, Congress is set up. Like that, it wouldn't shock me if it was coming out of there, uh, for it to be coming out of the Supreme Court. Uh, that's like a huge breach of like security. So it does shock me that the draft came out, but what's in the draft does not shock shock me at all. Um, it. I don't know if this could happen, but the four justices or... Yeah, the the more recent justices that were on the, so it was three of them, um, that were appointed during uh, Trump's term as president, um, they all sat on stand during their confirmation hearings and said, I will not overturn Roe v. Wade, in so many words, whether they said that they completely believe that abortion is um, a right that is covered via the Constitution, or explicitly said, I will not overturn Roe v. Wade. Three of those justices said that, on the stand at their confirmation hearings. I don't know what the potential, and there probably is none, but I feel like there should be some, like, retribution for lying like that to be elected, I mean, or to be appointed, rather. It, there Nothing will happen to these people. I don't Clarence Thomas should be impeached. His wife has $200,000 of unaccounted for money that she used to contribute to an insurrection, so he really don't need to be in here making, you know, decisions. Uh, But as far as it being overturned, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, This was something that had been worked up to for a very long time. Um, As recently as like Texas abortion ban and uh, abortion in uh, certain states being limited to just or not after 15 weeks when Roe v. Wade um, allows it up to 23 weeks. Um, It doesn't surprise me. Uh, I would say that this is probably as close to the final decision as you're going to get it's not, I don't think the decision is going to change drastically. Maybe some of the wording will change. Um, But I 100% believe that it will be in the hands of the states uh, by the end of summer this year. Um, And a lot of states will ban it completely or ban it to like some odd number, like six weeks before most women even know they're pregnant. Um, And then I think that other things will come next. Contraception, um, sexual education, like as you mentioned earlier, I think it's a slippery slope to like America being the most backwards country when it comes to um, protection of abortion and just like overall comprehensive sex education. And, so, and if you're not, go ahead.
1: Sorry. It's funny you said that because uh, according to azmirror there is a GOP candidate, Blake Masters, who wants to allow states to ban contraceptive use. Like, yeah. I'm 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 very confused. Like, I, I can't buy some I can't buy some condoms. Like, what's, why? why do
2: they want to do this? What's the point? You want more kids around here? Have
0: you yeah. been around kids? But here's the thing like, this doesn't stop abortion. And people have said this before like, this isn't an original thought, but this doesn't stop abortion. All it does is stop safe abortions. Like, women are still mm-hmm. going to get rid of those kids if they need to get rid of those kids. And so you're just leaving the door open for. And it's not even women themselves going to get rid of kids. If a woman says, I'm going to keep this baby and a man does not want this baby, you can end up with a rake a situation on your hands. Like, you are putting so many people at harm it by deciding to, to ban abortion or leave abortion in states' hands. Um, this is going to harm a lot of people. I don't know what the reason for this is. Like, I just, I've never understood, even when I was a kid in, like, fifth grade and they had us, for whatever reason, debating Pro life versus pro choice, and like, uh, yes, hell, was spicy. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I don't know why we were doing this, but I've never understood why people feel such an intense need to regulate other people's bodies. That your my my homegirl abortion don't got nothing to do with me, and vice versa. Like, I don't care what's going on. So I've never understood it, and I I don't I don't I don't think this is the end. It's only really the beginning of something that is potentially far worse than anybody could have ever imagined. So.
2: I just don't know what the end game is here. Like what's what are they trying to get to? And I I'm of that same belief where it's just like, hey man, I ain't got no vagina. I ain't never had no vagina. I don't know what it's like to have a vagina. I don't know what it's like to be pregnant. And for Vulva. men to feel like for men to feel like, oh well, I have a say on this situation is is, is just ridiculous. It's like this isn't you don't you don't know what it's like to um Go through pregnancy and deal with that and and as far as like you know women finding out that they are pregnant and so now they have to deal with okay do i want to get in uh you know un, unsafe or unhealthy abortion or do i want to risk you know especially for black women do i want to risk going through this pregnancy knowing the death rates and all those things that occur with black women in hospitals when it comes to childbirth so it's like You're putting so many people at risk for no reason. So it's just like give people a choice to do what with their body what they want. And 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 I don't... Go ahead.
0: This comes from a country that does not subsidize subsidize child care. So child care is ridiculous. People are paying $1,500 for a kid to be in daycare for a week. Like People, the wages are not keeping up with cost of living they don't subsidize child care there is no universal health care to care for these babies once they come to the world like they you're forcing people to have babies that will not be taken care of once they get to this hellhole. like there nobody are, like nobody
2: cares about these kids like yeah. they keep saying have these kids but once <laughs> you have them who is going to take care of them when you can't nobody <laughs>
0: They keep saying, like, oh, well, we'll help them get safe adoptions. There are half a million children in the adoption system right now. Who Nobody's adopting these babies. And they're definitely not adopting the black and the brown ones.
1: I said Madonna. Madonna's got a couple. Well, she's a strange woman. So <laughs> <just remember that. laughs> she, she scooped up a handful, you know what I'm
0: saying?
1: <laughs> she, said she, she said she did her part. So I, I have a couple of uh, <coughs> conspiracy theories uh, about this. So my first conspiracy theory is that this was like an ultimately like a a double-sided long play, or a two-pronged long play by conservatives because obviously they've been working on this for the better part of like fifty years. Pretty much as soon as it got put into play, pretty much put into play about fifty years ago. And now I think what the other side of this long-term plan is to <clears throat> to finesse Joe Biden and to do doing what he probably should have done already, which is Get rid of the filibuster so you can get, you know, kind of nip this in the bud, I believe, to codify abortion rights or whatever. So they cannot be to pretty much make them where they can't do this. But the thing is with that is that it's a slippery slope, too, because once you get rid of the filibuster, whenever Republicans get back in power, which is most likely after the midterms and in the 2024 elections, they will have carte blanche to do whatever they want to. Also, it's another play for the conservatives and Republicans, such as Trump, because Trump can be like, hey, you know, I, I put these justices in to overturn Roe v. Wade, and the only reason it didn't go through is because the the liberals and the, the Democrats had to go out of their way to change the rules, and now once I get back in office and I have this power, I will make more conservative changes. So I think it's a win-win either way, because like at this point, they can't lose, if that makes sense. So I think this was a, a really well thought out plan, which goes to the point that, like, Democrats are kind of being a little bit, uh, if, to, to simplify it, they're being more Martin Luther King than Malcolm X when it comes to uh, being combative and playing the same games that re- Republicans play. Like, they don't play fair, they play for keeps, and Democrats are like, oh, you know, we want to have, uh, you know, we want to be able to have conversations and be civil and all that stuff. Well, no, they're out here, they're out here beating y'all's heads in. And meanwhile, your constituents are looking at y'all like, Yeah, we, we put y'all in office to make these changes that you said you would do. And I get it, politicians sell dreams, but like there's stuff that can be done that's not being done. And when things go south in the next elections, the Democrats are gonna have nobody to blame for themselves when everybody jumps shit. Because it's like, yo, like y'all ain't did shit for us.
0: From They'll the, just keep telling us to the- vote. And then we keep having to say, Andrew Yang, we already voted, and we keep voting, and that's why you all are in power right now, and we'd love it if you use the power that you do have. Like, I'm tired. I've always... I've So a part of me is like, yeah, why don't more people vote? But I see why. Like, I'm not here to tell people what to do with your, you know, civ- civic liberties. Like, if you choose to vote, then that's totally on you, and I applaud you for doing that. But then if you choose not to, I'm not going to yell in your face about it either, uh, because it's kind of hard to make a choice or a, a case rather for, for people to vote when there are issues that arise like this, where there are clear paths forward. Um, but the party in power refuses to take them. Um, and to your point is a bit more passive than they, they really have to be at this point. Um, it's disheartening. I, again, I fully believe that we'll go back to a, a pre row America, um, and people that give birth will continue to uh, be afraid for their health and their safety, safety, especially non-binary and, and people uh, and trans folks who um, are already fighting for to just be recognized in, in their own bodily autonomy just outside of giving birth. Uh, there'll be a lot of people that are, are put in harms. I'm I think I'm most angry and it's it's honestly pointless to be angry with this group of people, but I'm most angry with white women who continue to vote against their own self-interest and put white supremacy and, and the race, quote unquote, um, above that of, of safety. And it, it's always baffled me. I wish I could understand it. Um, but like just the power grab to have what white men have have white women voting constantly, every single time, half and half, voting against their own self-interest and their own right to privacy and health. And instead of telling us, especially telling black and brown women to be on the side of feminism, tell y'all's homegirls, tell your mama and your granny and your auntie that they are killing you. (laughs) Don't tell us, we know about it, that you are killing yourself every time you allow the older women in your life to, to vote against your own self-interest. Don't bring it to me. I don't want to see the TikToks. Here's how we can help, blah, blah, blah. You can help by t- t- getting off your hands and telling your folks what's going on and organizing on your side. We've done it. We don't want to hear no more from you.
1: Yep, that, that sounds about right. I mean, and, and we'll see. And this could also be, and it's unfortunate it has come down to this, but this could be a ploy for the Democrats to energize people at the polls, which again, it could, it could not be. But at this point, I think a lot of the people that voted for president Biden, for what I, for what I've seen from the little I've read, I kind of, unfortunately, have not been keeping up with the politics as much as I should be. But um, a lot of people are really upset about this whole student loan debacle because it's like, bro, you could do this, you could do this day one. And you're just like refusing not to do this. So, um, I know that's a lot, uh, big reason why
0: people uh, vote for him. So My student loans are already canceled, if you ask me.
2: Facts. As long as
0: repayment options exist, you can continue to get $23 a month from me for, in perpetuity. <laughs>
2: I, feel like, I feel like a lot of people are you all you need to just do is just go to church and just forgive your forgive your loans. Just forgive them. You don't. they're forgiven. They're forgiven. Rev. Don't worry about it.
0: How well, dumb are you to give an 18 year old Forty thousand dollars, like it,
2: irresponsible.
0: Is- <laughs> you're stupid.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't give my kid a hundred dollars, and you're giving you're giving eighteen year olds sixty, eighty thousand dollars. Are you on crack? You Did you I go to you
0: school check? I went and bought some J's, and I went Easily. to strip
2: club. <laughs> <laughs> Going to strip club? You know, there's colleges in like Miami and Atlanta. What do you think I those kids are using that money for?
0: I got so many egg rolls off that refund check. You know yes, yes. <laughs>
1: Shout out to the egg rolls. But I mean, low-key, the the kind of bring it full circle. Uh religion is a par, big part of the reason why we're we're here in the first place, if we're gonna keep it a buck.
0: For like, a country that separates church and state. It's a lot of church in this state.
1: Well, it's it's kind of one of those things where they pick and choose what parts of the Bible or religion that they they want to champion at the moment, right? Like, you talk pro-life or whatever, but like you just said earlier, like, there's mad kids in foster care, right? And if we want to fast forward those kids to adults, there's mad adult kids under bridges and living in cardboard boxes. So, like, if you're not going to care for the people that are already here, and there's people in various situations where, for them, the best option is to not have said kid, then, again, like you said, it's none of my business, and, and I think what happens is these narratives get put out kind of like the, uh, like the narratives, like the welfare queen, or like the, you know, black people are super aggressive and hypersexual. I think it's just one of the narratives it's like, oh yeah, these people are having 10 abortions a year. It's like, fam, that's, that's not even possible. I think people get these extreme ideas in their head because obviously they don't read America is not the most educated country in the world. So all they got to do is see a commercial see a piss poor ad by some person with, You know, assault rifles in the woods with camouflage on and they're like yeah this is bad let's not do this not knowing the other things that go into Planned Parenthood and things of that nature so we'll see it'll definitely be uh, interesting but
0: yeah all the ladies that like are still trying to get an abortion you still got time abortion is not completely banned so if you have an appointment go to your appointment you have all the time well, I won't say all the time in the world, but you still have time to go and make that decision. Don't let people try to stop you now. Those weird ladies outside the Planned Parenthood, they probably had an abortion themselves or they know somebody with an abortion and they're just being weird. They can't fight anyway. So if you need the hook, let me know.
2: At some point, they're going to have to discuss, uh, instead of trying to police women's bodies, is to start looking at what the men are doing because a woman can only have one kid in a year. One kid per year. A man can get hundreds of women pregnant in one year. So maybe we should start looking at you know, you turn 16, 17, you get a vasectomy until you get a, a decent job, until you can support yourself, until you can raise a family. And then you get the reversal and then you can start having kids. Because, I mean, what, what's the point of only doing this on the women's side? What are we doing? What are we doing as far as like what the guys are doing? We're not gonna do anything about that. We don't care about what men are doing.
0: Rich white women rich. will never be denied abortions, believe you me. Like if... oh, yeah. never,
2: <laughs> never
0: they come to the house. <laughs> right. If Mitch wanna... McConnell's daughter got pregnant today and was like, Ugh. I'm out of here, then that she's gonna get an abortion. Like Mitch McConnell's daughter is probably no less than 70 years old, he's 107. So, but yeah, rich white women will never be denied abortions, and that's um that's like the the part that also grinds my gears is like, not only is this a race issue, it's a class issue. Uh, And the Supreme court likes to be like, we're the highest court in the land. And uh, we don't, we don't, we're not going to be bullied into making a decision, but the Supreme court is also not supposed to be a partisan arm of whatever political party is in charge. You're supposed to make decisions on the part of the people. And this is not a decision on the part of the people because most Americans support abortion in some form, even the ultra conservatives,
2: whether it be publicly or privately, because, like you said, if some of these, if some of these high-ranking political officials or whoever, if they get their side chicks pregnant, what you think is going to happen to them?
0: That baby's gone.
2: That thing is going to get handled. It and ain't going to be no. Out. Oh well, I got my side chick pregnant. Let me just go ahead and deal with the consequences. No, that baby is out of here. It is evaporated, and the baby mama might be out of here. Yes. <laughs> like, come on, man. I just, I just don't, I don't understand it. Like, let women do with their bodies what they want to. It's, it's not up to you. Like, I'll go as far as to say, like, if, if, if me and like, obviously, you know, me and my wife are together. We already have kids, but say if we weren't married, but we were together, and she got pregnant, and she didn't want to have that kid, but I wanted to. I shouldn't have a final say in that. Because at the end of the day, once those nine months, once we get up to, you know, eight months and 29 days, I can leave and I can just be gone. And she still has to go through that pregnancy, that delivery, natural birth, C-section, all those things that come with childbirth. And I don't have to deal with any of that. So for me to feel like I have a say in, okay, you you have to go through with this because this is what I want. That seems crazy to me. Like I I would it, I I'm not going to say like I wouldn't feel bad about it. Like obviously if I was like if I wanted to have that kid, I would want her to do it, but if she at the end of the day, I can't control what someone does with their body and I shouldn't be able to cuz I'm not the one going through that. So that it's it, it just seems it doesn't seem that hard. It seems easy.
0: Yeah. Not and complicated. I, it's a no-brainer to just let people do with their bodies what they will, but you know those in power, especially uh, the weirdos that have risen as a a result of Trump's presidency, um, you know, that extremism runs deep. is all I can say to explain this. Like we were warned of this, and by we, I mean like not us, not people with sense, but Hillary Clinton, for whatever opinions you have about her and what she would have been as president. Um, she said in twenty fifteen, if you if we elect Donald Trump as president, abortion rights are coming next. She said that plan is day, and here we are. He's not in power right now, but this is you you can't sit and believe that this is not a result, a direct result of his time in power.
2: Isn't it because of the uh the people he elected to right. Yeah. I'm not I'm not super like in the and the politics, I don't really I I just try to I try to err on the side of, like, right and wrong. You know what I'm saying? And what what feels right and what feels fair. I'm not just a single-sided voter. Like, I try to at least look at both of my options and try to pick, pick up the best one. But, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are just like, I'm voting red all the way down or I'm voting blue all the way down. And I think that's kind of, if I had to point out what the problem is with, you know, elections and... In politics is that there's only two viable sides like that's not how life works right. that's not how anything works when it comes to problem solving and trying to like work you're not the president or the congressman or the governor of just republicans or just democrats it's everybody you have to do what's in the best interest of everybody and not just what's best for your party And even with that, that might not even be be what's best for your party. You're just doing it because that's what we do. Like, I'm blood. I ride for my bloods. I do whatever for the bloods, all red, everything. I don't care what y'all did. It's blood game for life. I don't care what happened. I don't care what the other side says. I don't care if what the other side said is right. We're going bloods all the way. And it's like, that's dumb. You're not helping anybody. You're not helping your side or the other side.
0: That says to me that Joe Biden be cripping.
2: A- <laughs> on the left side.
0: That's what I got from here. <laughs> Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi be cripping. And I have uh, questions about, you know, their affiliation. Facts.
2: I don't know where Southbury's going. I think you might have dipped out. So, okay. The, the next thing that's on the docket and I honestly I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I don't think it's worth it. But uh, this Jack Harlow album, oh, did you listen to it?
0: You know how I feel about white rappers and Jack I Harlow do. specifically. So no, I did not listen to Jack Harlow's album.
2: I will say, okay, I I gave it a listen. I gave it actually, I gave it a few listens. Um, it's it's just the most okayest rap album to come out
0: okay rapper he's not the worst rapper I've ever heard
2: yeah he's just he's okay like and I think with what what his issue is the people that he's hanging around with like he's been seen around Drake a lot lately he was like Kanye West said he was top five Uh, he's gotten songs and features from like Lil Wayne and Drake obviously he was just seen with Tim's and I'm just like please do not do that uh, he's just an okay rapper. His album is just okay. Like I'm probably not gonna listen to it again. It's got some okay singles. Like, um, the features are okay. Well, I, I actually I won't I won't say the features are okay. The uh, the Drake feature he should have never let that happen. You, Jack Carlo is trying to establish himself as one of the young up and coming rappers. And for Drake to have the best verse on your album says a lot and you shouldn't have let that happen
0: do you really think Jack Harlis uh, trying to establish himself as a young rapper is he just up for a money graph because rap is an easy genre to enter into is
2: based based on the inter- based on the interview that he did with hot 97 he said I want to be in the conversation I want to come out and play with you know with the ones like when it, when it comes to making right. music that's what he said I'm that's and, and- I Jesus didn't have. I didn't. I like. I watched that interview before the album dropped, and I was like, "Okay, let me let me go back and listen to his first album." I listened to that first album, and I'm like, "I don't have any expectations of this album being great based off of what I've heard." Because you can listen to certain, you can listen to some some rappers' debut albums and say, "Okay, this this guy's got potential to be something special." Like you listen to uh, like Ludacris or The Game or Snoop Dogg. Or uh, J. Cole, Jay-Z, you listen to these debut albums, Nicki Minaj, uh Rhapsody. You listen to their first albums, they're just like, okay, this maybe it's not a classic, but I can see, I can see something coming here. Like I see why people are saying, like, okay, this guy or this girl could be the next one. I listen to that Jack Harlow, and I'm just like, This is just fine. Like, I don't see any type of like, oh, this is gonna be one of the guys that you gotta pay attention to. I not I didn't get that when I listened to that first album. So there was no, there's no reason for anybody to go into the second album expecting him to be in that conversation. No reason so
1: at all. What's his album called?
2: Uh, Come home, the kids Miss issue. Which, if you and I listened to, I don't, like, I listened to this interview. The reasoning behind that album title is, is silly. It's
0: is it something he got from a girl that said said to him on Twitter? Sounds like something I pretty, pretty pretty much.
2: He says he said under all his posts and pictures. A lot of girls are putting that under that, and so he just went with that. Okay, so, so like, the, all right, you're not even
1: so, trying, hard. So I went to Pitchfork, and <laughs> I hate Pitchfork, but because he is a white artist, I will take their criticism seriously. Um, apparently, they didn't care enough to even do a review for it. Um, but his first album, Confetti, which has a very weird picture of him on there, got a five point six. So that's the end of this conversation. What we should do, like I said in the chat. Is I'm not listening to no Jack Harlow album. I don't care if he's at a Kentucky Derby. I don't care if he had black people carrying him. I don't care how many times he's with Drake and is in. I'm not doing it. What I would rather do is send those streams to the go Vince Staples. I Rev Rev has like turned me into a Vince Staples stand. I've consumed Damn. so much like I and, like I was a fan of Vince Staples before, but like not like to, to be honest, I've said some podcasts podcast before, like it's gotten to a point for me where I'll listen to, I find myself consuming more podcasts than music. And I, I get accused of being like a big Kanye West stand and all this stuff. And, you know, Jay-Z, like I even like Kendrick Lamar, I, I never listened to like really any of my favorite artists. Like I, I rarely listen to Kendrick Lamar, Jay-Z, Kanye West. I think it's because I've done it so much. It's like, it's just like nothing spectacular anymore, but with Vince Staples, um, he, he's kind of made me enjoy artists again, like artists and music. And, and this ties into kind of the Jack Harlow thing. Where like people were projecting him to do big numbers first week and as consumers and people that enjoy music and consume music and, you know, like to tell people about actual good artists like that. I, I think that shouldn't be a thing. It sh- I don't think it's a thing for people like us, but like Vince Staples probably will never do like Jack Harlow opening week numbers. But Jack Harlow will never never be the artist that Vince Staples is. Period. Not yeah. even close.
0: Well, like, and I think the thing about Vince Staples, and I don't want to turn this into Vince Staples hour, but... It probably
1: it's probably going to be
0: <laughs> he's more interesting. so good at, like, I think he puts everything on the table for you the moment that you hear from him. Like, you're not going to know a lot about his personal life. He's not going to be, you know, going crazy on Twitter. But he will tell you straight up, like, I ain't never think this is going to work, and so I'm just happy to be here. And, like, he's not he not the the kid that dreamed about being a rapper. Whereas you could tell Jack Harlow really wants to be a rapper and he's really into being seen at the Kentucky Derby while Drake does the running man beside him. And I think there's a certain, like there's a shift in like celebrity culture um, where people aren't looking for their celebrities to be all that anymore. Like they really enjoy low key uh, celebrities unless the celebrity is making a spectacle of themselves a la Kanye West like people they either like their celebrity to be so uncelebrity to the point where you don't see them unless they're talking about their art or they like the opposite end where they are only talked about for being absolutely a farce in public and nothing about their art. Um, Jack Harlow unfortunately for him does not stick out enough to fit into either of those categories he's not a Lil Nas X who's so good at being a troll you have to pay attention to him and he's also not a Vince Staples who is so anti-spotlight that it makes you want to know more about him
2: I don't think Jack Jack Harlow is going to do the numbers that were projected like people were saying he was going to do like I guess 165, like 175. And I don't I don't think he's gonna get that mark because I feel like a lot of people are talking about how bad this album is. And they're just like, I'm I'm not doing this. Like I don't think he's gonna get there.
0: And I feel I, like you can only call this album bad if you went in with expectations of a guy who only has one album. Like yeah. I don't know what people are expecting from Jack Harlow. Like what I really realistically, somebody who calls it bad, I wanna know what you expected. From sophomore album Jack Harlow that you thought that you didn't get here.
2: This this album was made for that white girl that was rapping that little baby verse. This album was for her, like women kidding. like her. They they'll love this. They're gonna eat this up. But no, this is saying it. it no. Nah. Uh, and like I'm obviously a big fan of, of Vince Staples, but an, another album that came out this weekend that no, like, should no, we're, get, we're
1: we're we're, not we're still those on Staples. Vince we're still on Vince. Yeah. We'll ask them to pack up these Jack Harlow's. So the people that should be mad, uh, apparently, uh, Lil Dicky should be mad because he's actually a good white rapper. Great. And, Great. and Logic should probably be upset. At least half of Logic should be upset that this <laughs> this man is getting this much clout and all this stuff for not putting out any good projects. Like, without listening to any of Jack Harlow's projects, I I would guarantee the Logics every every project that Logic has put out is better than both his albums. What well, do you I mean, know how they go. Second.
0: If black girls don't find you attractive, you're not going anywhere. Like, Chris Evans is where, I won't say he's where he is because of black women, but Chris Evans is part of the pop culture, find this white boy conversation because of black women, because black women find him attractive. So that's why Jack Harlow is where he is, because black girls are underneath his Twitter account saying, come home, the kids miss you. They weren't doing that for Logic, because Logic looks like an IT salesman. They are not doing that for Lil Dicky, because nobody really knows who Lil Dicky is outside of Dave. If either one of them would have gotten the clout from black women being like, Oh, he's fine, let's let's you know put him up and, and share his pictures all over our Instagram story, they'd be here too.
1: Yeah, so again, I would rather give Vin Staples more spins. So, like, I think I've literally watched every Vin Staples interview and listened to every podcast that Vin Staples has been on since like the last episode. Like, and I think I said this before about either him and it might have been YG, but like, and I actually I said this last year, like, the West Coast low-key is putting out, like, the best music between the Vince Staples, the Larry Jooms, um, Tyler Creator, like, I know Atlanta gets a lot of talk for moving the culture and running the game, but, like, the West Coast low-key, man, like, they, they've been putting out some bangers, man. They and get to
0: hear, man, a lot more because there's there's a, a lot, there's less, I think, rather than this is just me look as an outsider looking in, There's so much of the West Coast, just California in general. Like, NorCal don't sound like Southern California. And a lot of L.A. ain't really going to sound like Long Beach. Like, you know, Oakland got their own sound. I think you're in California specifically, you are able to experiment a lot more um, and have a lot more fun than with, like, Atlanta has a sound. And if you don't sound like Atlanta, if you don't sound like Thug or Future or Baby, or so on and so forth. Gucci, you're probably not going to make it that far in Atlanta, and that it, it just is what it is, whereas California, like, there's so much of California to explore in so many different parts of California that people are a lot more apt or, or ready to hear different from or something that's a little more off-kilter in California than from other regions.
2: Like, E-40, E-40 doesn't sound like Snoop. Right. And, and, like, Tupac don't sound like Vince. There's... A lot, like even even Sweetie, Sweetie doesn't sound like or Nipsey. You know what I'm saying? Like it just
0: there's
1: June. Different. autumn they all different.
2: Yeah, it's different out there.
0: And, and I think
2: I, Atlanta sound like that's the more you think about it. A lot of Atlanta artists all kind of have that same sound, and yeah. if you want to blow up in Atlanta, you have to sound like you're from Atlanta. And in California, like Northern California is completely different from southern california it's two totally different it's almost like it's a different state it's not even like it's the same state
0: yeah and i think there's also this fascination with like gang banging where that only exists (laughs) 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 that only exists in california like you only gonna hear them stories authentically for california like nobody people can say like oh i'm affiliated but you're not from nowhere like so and that's,
1: and that's one of the things I learned with the interview. So, like, this dude, this dude was hilarious. He had his mom call in, or he was on a big boy's radio show. I think he had, a, he's had two new interviews dropped this week one with big boy, and there was another one that I watched. But it was funny. I think I'm the original one that I watched four years ago that came out. He, like, had his mom call in. He was, like, yo, talking about, like, yeah, man, this Krippit is deep-rooted. I was, like, what's yeah. going on?
2: The legacy
0: for people out <laughs> there. <else.
1: laughs> he was, like, yo, trying to explain, like, the differences between, like, and it made sense, like, as far as, like, claiming a set or whatever. Like, I listened to Kendrick Lamar, uh, his first album, and just, like, some of the skits, like, yo, I'm going ask you where you're from, ask you where your, mama, where your mama stay, where your daddy stay. And when your grandma stay, and it's like, ah, and that's why, like, on the East Coast, it's not really a real like not yeah. uh, a civilian, but it's not like a real thing. Was like, yo, based on even if you're not in a gang, wherever your set is, wherever you're from, that is what gang you're in. Whether you ask
0: I have never been pressed like that in my life, and it's like, not because <laughs> like somebody might ask, like, who is your daddy? But they're not asking because they want to know what set I'm from. They ask because, like, I may genuinely know your daddy. Like,
1: Fam, I, I want. So, in in the tie back, uh, I'm gonna get off one, two or more points. But like, um, oh, man, the actually the reason why I started consuming his interviews is to get some context for the one that I told you about, the complex one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Fam, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like I feel like he has some problems. I don't know. Either they that dude was a terrible don't... interview. He was either a terrible interviewer or something, because like every other interview I saw with him, that energy was not present. Like, and you saw in the picture I sent you. That dude looked bad sad. <laughs> <in> that <picture. laughs> like that, I was uncomfortable for him. Like, this was not giving him no rhythm at all. He's usually like he trolls a little bit, but like, fam, he was hurt. That man's feeling. <laughs> so, Like, I was like, damn, dog. Like,
0: but I think go that's ahead, the- go ahead and
1: wrap this up.
0: That's some of the fun for me experiencing what Vince Fitzgerald Schuster put out of his personality. He's not one of the media trained celebrities who's just gonna like be excited in every interview. You're gonna get the Vince that came into the studio that day, and that Vince might have been having a great day, or he might have been having a terrible day, and he doesn't wanna be there.
1: <laughs> so, the other one, okay, so I found one more that was kinda like that, and it was uh, when he did the pull up with Joe Button. And But the thing is, is Joe Button could combat it. Like, he didn't get like, he didn't get, like, shook by it, and he kind of pushed back on some stuff, but that shit was, <laughs> that shit was so funny, man. He's
0: got a like, pizza. It's, not, it's less of an interview and where he goes in and he freestyles over it. Uh, I saw I didn't watch
1: that one yet. I saw it, but I, I haven't clicked on that It's hilarious,
0: one, so. and that's, it seems to be, I don't know this man, but it seems to be events that was having a really good day, and then there are some interviews you see where he looks like I am here because I have to get paid. <laughs>
1: He said, he was talking about something. Joe Bo's asked some questions. He's like, the next question I'm going to ask is like, where your mom at? I
0: was like, what's wrong with this dude? This <laughs> nigga at the end right of to a, the camera, bro, am like, wow. At the end of uh, of Hot Ones, he's, he looked in the camera. And said, I watched that you don't like that you really "We don't like you niggas. We don't like you niggas because we not like you niggas." <laughs> and then said, "Next time you ask me what's up with them tickets, I'm gonna ask what's up with your mom about that." <laughs> it was like, okay,
1: <laughs> that was great. He ran through the wings too. He's like, "Yeah, this one's just nasty. Like it's not even good. Like this is disgusting." I
0: hope he comes back. That was fun. And Sean Evans is just really good.
1: <sighs> yeah. Uh, oh, and the last two Miss Staples thing. So. I had never watched the Vince Staples shows, but I, I watched. I think there's how many episodes? Two or three? Two, I think. Okay. Okay, okay, So the so I watched them. The first one was hilarious. Like I was like, this dude is ridiculous. And the second one, Ray J, was like also hilarious. But in an interview that I watched today, they said it got greenlit, I believe, by Netflix. Go to, to the writing room. So there, there's going to be a full season of mm-hmm. uh, the Vince Staples show coming. So I'm I am extremely excited about that um respectfully i wish you would uh put some more merch up but you know i'm not gonna i'm not trying to get flamed up on twitter but yes i I would love to get some some merch uh from from mr ben staples but yeah that again he's like you said he's like not doing anything extra he's being his authentic self and, and that works and it's unfortunate that these like industry plants like jack harlow are not authentic and they get a lot of notoriety that much better artists like Vince Staples should get. Even though in the interview he said if he had to make a choice between being Eminem famous or working a regular job, he'd be working a regular job. I think hey.
2: I feel like West Coast artists are able to just kind of just be outside and not get bothered. Like Vince Staples, yeah. it seems like he can just walk around and no one like messes with him or tries to mob him. Like I think three weeks ago, uh, Kendrick Lamar, he was at a Dodgers baseball game just chilling. And it wasn't a big deal because it was just there, and it wasn't like the whole crowd, and maybe it's you know the audience that's around him. But you're in L.A., you're Kendrick Lamar, you know you're a big deal in L.A., and people are just like, oh, that's Kendrick. Like I don't know what it is about West Coast artists, because you know in Atlanta it's totally different. Like you know, little baby probably shuts down the mall. Future obviously you can't just walk outside, but West Coast artists like Larry June. I bet Larry June can just walk outside and be no problem. Well, He's I not, think it's because.
0: West Coast artists, again, there's a fascination with the lifestyle that people live or purport to live. I'm not saying any of these artists like Kendrick and them are, are lying. I'm just saying there's a, a certain perception that comes with being from like L.A., L.A. or like some some of the more well-known parts of California where people automatically think that you affiliated. And so like people may, people are interested in you because of that, but they also know the boundaries that come with being part of that environment and also I think the artists that you named they don't have this persona of being ultra celebrity like these are people who will go away for weeks and months and years at a time and not speak to the public they don't speak to the press they just do their job and go home and I don't think every artist in every region of the country um functions in that way some artists are very celebrity and they love the celebrity life and they love the like sort of untouchableness quote unquote or per se um of like having a security detail around you and, and not being able to get touched and some artists are just like look I'm you know a nigga that make music on the weekends but I also just be out here um and I think people respect those artists a lot more people know not to run up on Vince Staples not only because of what he's saying is music but also he never put off that type of energy that you could even come up to him like that so
2: Andre 2000s is a pretty big one that can just kind of be out here with no no issues. And maybe he's and maybe he's more of an older artist, but like if you compare the biggest artists from the West Coast from California, like that's Snoop Dogg. I I don't I do you, I mean he was like a a, a pee wee football coach like just yeah. Snoop Dogg's just on the sideline at this pee wee football game and it's not a big deal like I don't I don't know if like. I don't think Jay Z could do that. You know what and I'm saying? These are
0: people who are just genuinely cool. Like, these are people who feel like family. Uh, and I think the more you feel like a celebrity, the more like people try to get at you. Whereas you just, if sometimes at least, if you just feel like a regular person who seems accessible, I don't know if the like luster of celebrity wears off or if people just kind of respect your boundaries a little bit more. And that's, it's also about setting boundaries. Um, those artists that you named, like they'll take a picture with you, but you also, they've also been very clear about how far you can get with them. Um, and it only take one to show you that the rest of them not playing. So, um, there's, there's definitely a regional thing of just like people being enamored with the lifestyle that they think everybody in LA specifically lives and just like the affiliations and, um, the life in Compton and surrounding areas, just of what we've seen on TV. Uh, where other regions don't really have that type of respect, like niggas don't care that you're from the Bronx. So is Big Poppy Ortiz or whatever. Like nobody cares who who's from the Bronx, but you'll get a way different response if you tell somebody you you know lived off Crenshaw or you from Compton or from Inglewood or wherever wherever. I don't know where any of these places are, so California Twitter, please do not. <clears> throat> throat>
1: throat> yeah, I've never met a person in real life from like any of those places, which
0: I went to college. If you ever listen to this, call me. Um, you still five.
2: Jesus Christ. Okay, so it, it has been a few weeks since this album came out. So I'm a, I'm a, I'll am i ask you this. Which one is better between uh, Vince Staples and Ramon Perkle? If you had to pick one that was better. And I think they're both great. But if it's been a few weeks, they've both been out for a little while now. I feel like everybody's had enough time to kind of sit with both of them. Like if you had to pick, if you had to rank one higher than the other.
0: Which one are you putting at number one? I would put Ramona Park in, as at mm-hmm. least like, like right now. Yeah, I, I love. I think Ramona Park broke my heart. is so cinematic. Like I could see it being. It's just this really beautiful tale of like having to reconcile with like what parts of home you get to take with you, um, and I, it it's really introspective, um, and I just enjoy like how it <laughs> plays out. I, I think it really just boils down to sequencing. I like the way that Ramona Park Broke My Heart. It's sequenced. It tells a really nice story. Um, and I feel like I would in, you know, another year, year and a half, I feel like I'll go back to that album more than I'll go back to Vince Like I'll go back to tracks title album, but I I like to listen to Ramona Park Broke My Heart as a full cool couple of words. Kind of like Lemonade. I don't listen to just one track on Lemonade. I listen to Lemonade from Pray You Catch Me to All Night.
2: Yeah, I kind of agree with what you said about uh remote apart program Mar- as far as like the sequencing and storytelling and that. Uh I think for right now, I think magic should be in the conversation for the song of the year. That's just a, a great song. Uh but um the Vince Vince Staples LP, it it's just such an easy listen. It's just so easy to just listen, like get in and get out and Get on with your day. It's such an easy listen, and I, I do like it. But um, I don't know. I feel like I asked that question without having an answer because it's pretty tough. Like th- these, these last two Vince Staples albums are are really great. Yeah,
1: I don't have an answer for that at this time. But <laughs> anywho, let's get the let's get the Vision because that's that's what I, that's what we're really here for. Um,
0: you already I know see- it is. You see the screen name.
1: Yeah, she was, uh, so, so with me, again, I've documented on the podcast with these, with like phase four, I'm not doing the whole YouTube thing, shit, actually hold that thought.
0: I am doing the whole YouTube thing, I went and saw it yesterday, I might go, I didn't see it in IMAX, I didn't have enough time for IMAX, Um, I had to get in and get up, the IMAX showings where I am right now, they be in the weirdest times, like 12 p.m., Three o'clock and like eight p.m. and I can't go see no movie after eight no more. I'd be sleepy, uh, So I had to get in and get out with the standard viewing, um. And then immediately went to uh, YouTube. Shout out to Eric Voss at New Rockstars to watch the breakdown of it. Um. So I'm I'm one of them YouTube niggas.
2: Yeah, I'm for sure one of the YouTube dudes. Like I'm one of the trailer breakdowns, trailer, uh, reviews, reviews of the movie, uh, Easter eggs. Like I'm I'm that guy. Like my if. If I hadn't, because of all the things that I have watched on YouTube about um, Doctor Strange too, um, if I hadn't seen it the day it came out, it would have got spoiled for me just from looking at my YouTube like homepage because mm-hmm. all the people that I watch, like the you know corresponding videos, are just a bunch of spoilers for that. So it's just like I had to see it early, and I'm glad I did. It was definitely worth going to see, uh, just like. Hot, I guess hot takes like it was it was nice to go into a Marvel movie and having watched the TV show mattered yeah if you didn't see WandaVision going into Doctor Strange 2 you're gonna have more questions than you should have it's almost like you had to it's like uh you know reading the book before a lecture. Like, you need to at least read the chapter before you come to class the next day. So it was nice to finally feel like, okay, and even a little bit of Loki, because the guy that wrote the Loki TV show wrote yeah. Dr. Strange, too. So I feel like he's going to be working a lot with uh, this this timeline and these stories. So it was, it was nice to be like, okay, so I, I spent, you know, six hours watching WandaVision. Did it matter? And the answer is yes, because right now, uh falcon and the Winter soldier didn't matter loki kind of matters uh hawkeye i don't think that's gonna matter
0: i actually uh, think loki really matters and here's why spoiler alert spoiler alert spo- like after i say this again there will be a spoiler i'm going to give you three seconds one two three I'm about to spoil the movie nigga you should skip ahead <laughs> It matters because, particularly the last episode of Loki matters, because we meet He Who Remains. We yes. realize that he's a variant of Kang the Conqueror. In Doctor Strange, again, spoiler alert, I've given you so many. You should be out of here by now. We meet Nathan, not Nathaniel Richards. We meet Reed Richards, which shout out to John Krasinski, fan cast that actually came true. He is Ooh. Reed Richards. Um, the, I think this... Is going to be at least it's throwing in like cinematic universe Easter eggs toward Kane. Kang because Kang is Nathaniel Richards, a long line of Richards, um, and I think that in this next Doctor Strange he will have to deal with uh, Kang in some way in this like multiversal breakdown. Now um, the incursion I think will directly involve Kang the Conqueror, and we'll see more of Kang the Conqueror in Ant Man. Uh, three, whenever that is, I don't think that's this year, I think that's next year. I think that comes out
2: next year. Uh, and something that we, we talked about before a few episodes back, as far as the creative direction that these movies are, where it just kind of feels like a lot of these movies feel the same, they have the same template, they have the same uh beats in them. Uh, it was nice that they got a director was able to direct the movie the way that they saw fit and put input, in in part their vision on this movie. Because if you watch Doctor Strange two, compared to any other Marvel movie, it stands out. Com- it's completely different um, as far as the visual style of it, how it was shot, the tone of it, the pace of it. Um, it was another thing I was going to say the, uh, w- when we talked about the Batman. How the Batman was PG 13, but they kind of pushed the limit to where it's like, okay, this could this could have been rated R. Like some of these things are a little bit on the line. And I was saying that I would like Marvel to push the boundaries when it comes to like, okay, this is PG 13, but you gonna start you you're now going to have to talk it, to people about like, hey, should I bring my kid to this? Cause I took I took my kid to Spider-Man and it was fine. I took my kid to Captain Marvel and it was fine. Now you take him to this, and you got a guy talking, and his head explodes. Do you want your kids seeing that? <clears throat> so you got, looking like a zombie, like just bodying niggas for five <laughs> minutes. You take your kids to that. Now you got to ask some questions. And I appreciated them doing that with this movie.
1: Are you uh <clears throat> are you familiar with uh, Sam Raimi's works? I'm familiar with his Spider Man work, not his. Let me me read you some other
0: uh, horror titles. I
1: got got the whole list. I'll read them to you. Just damn, he's goddamn. The first one says titled It's Murder, um, Evil Dead, Dead Next Door, Dark Man, um, American Gothic let's see what else the grudge the grudge Two, evil dead regeneration boogeyman 13 fears real drag me to hell <laughs> zombie roadkill the possession evil dead spartacus poltergeist um and then spider-man sprinkled in there you know what i'm saying so th- this is what he does like this is his bag
2: which is that horror genre i'm surprised they let him do this and like, so I'm genuinely surprised her like hey we're gonna get this guy like yeah he did the spider-man movies but he's done some pretty horrifying movies and there was there was like legitimate scary parts in this movie where i'm just like yeah i'm not taking my kid like my, me and my kids aren't watching this you know what i'm saying like i they my kids are 6 and 4 and when spider-man 3 came out we watched it at the house and it was you know no problems this no we're not so,
1: and i and i do plan on going to see this movie again so i i think the thing was that good Um, I missed your uh, Rev's takes on it earlier and I I was able to take notes while watching the movie as well. That's crazy. What? well, Well, because like stuff will stand now. I need to document it in real time or whatever. So just my quick notes is like the opening scene of the movie is me when I take melatonin um, I don't know if you guys take melatonin, but they will give you some wild, terrifying dreams. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, this is me off of melatonin. Um, I said, Dr. Strange definitely used racial slurs when he saw Charlie at the wedding. Um, <laughs> and and so back to my point before I, a, before I got a phone call, like, I like, I didn't watch any YouTube videos. I didn't watch any trailers, so I, I wasn't aware in the last trailer they actually showed the Illuminati, or they kind of tease the Illuminati, so I didn't know that. Going I am
2: very surprised, because I saw that late, I saw that late, I saw the, uh, they showed the Doctor uh, Xavier and the Captain, uh, Captain
1: Martin. Martin, not Captain, uh, Martin. Martin. Captain
2: Britain, yeah, the, you know, the, the female Captain uh, America, and I was just like, I'm surprised they showed that. So, that kind of felt, you know what, to me... I think it was because it had already been leaked. Maybe, but that kind of felt like a a, a Hail Mary. Like Maybe, and, and it obviously it wasn't true, but it kind of felt like okay, maybe we're not getting the pre-sale tickets that we want. Maybe the numbers aren't looking the way we want them to. That's, us, that's this
1: very short, short-minded.
2: It is, but the thing is, is like when the movie came out, their numbers were like off the charts for that first weekend. Like they did crazy numbers, so like I don't half,
1: know. half a billion or something like that. So I did see a, a YouTube video. They were saying in an interview, Kevin Feige was pretty much kind of upset of how much they were doing with the previews. And I'm like, I'm like, you don't have control over that. But and we've said this before on the podcast, and again, I'm referencing old podcasts to we'll be on top of this stuff. You have to check out our older episodes. But for me, it's like they don't need to advertise at all. Put out one clip. We're going to see the movie. And it takes away from the movie when, again, I would have been upset. Not upset, but I would have gotten less out of the movie if I had known ahead of time that they were going to have the Illuminati in the movie. But I didn't know that because I didn't watch the last, like, three trailers. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was kind of cool how they did that. I do have a hot take about uh, Mr. Fantastic. But real quick, I the Scarlet Witch thing was a surprise to me. I didn't think she was gonna be the the villain in the movie for some reason. I thought there was gonna be like another external internal threat. So I
2: that,
1: yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, this is uh this is interesting. And Marcus did say like the movie was paced pretty well, like from the jump, it was pretty much moving, moving, moving.
2: Two hours. That movie was two hours. Spider-Man three was two and a half hours for well, what?
1: And you made the point though, you made the point previous episode. I think it's because of the references they from WandaVision. Pretty much, that's the backstory. That's the other hours of information that you need to know, and they did integrate that into it. So they're definitely saying like, "Hey guys, you need to watch these shows," which I think is I think is fine. Um, <laughs> the shit they had me, uh, man, it's an inappropriate joke, but they they did it both ways. Um, I guess when they were fighting, and Doctor Strange got Scarlet Witch. I said Strange put that Molly and Scarlet Witch drink UNEO <laughs> when she was psyched up. <laughs> um the 1st multiverse looked very pale didn't see a lot of melanin um and then oh boy the dress put that molly and dr Strange's drink and you ain't you, so he got him back
0: which As is it. crazy because how do you go to a nigga who don't like you house even if it's a different universe how do you go to a nigga who don't like you house and then accept a drink he give you you need to be on high alert well <laughs> well that's the thing where's that guy at
1: like where's the original one of him? i, I had that question throughout the movie as well, um, I
2: feel like like if I hate you, I'm gonna hate you in every universe. Yeah, like, that's
0: there's, awesome.
1: there's no
2: universe where I'm gonna fuck with you. Like I hate you everywhere. Like you know, how he said, "Oh, I love you in every universe," and it's it's on site. In yeah, every
0: universe,
2: all of them. I don't you know, like, like
0: I'm yeah, accepting shit. your tea. Like I'm not thirsty, my nigga. Help me.
1: <laughs> so and and what I would want to keep track of is how long Thor is. I wonder if Thor is gonna be as quick pace as that. Oh. Um the black girl that sacrificed herself, I'm like, I mean, all right, bro. Um, I did put a note about the Illuminati, but again, I didn't see the commercial, so this shouldn't have been nothing surprising to me. Um, I thought it was cool they kind of had two simultaneous stories running with Wanda and Doctor Strange. W- Wanda was a men- was a menace. Uh, ben Staples <laughs> tweeted out that Wanda's running around here like Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> um, they gave us comic book Wanda, or comic book uh, Scarlet Witch, which again, for the comic book nerds, the things that that happened with the Illuminati are not surprising. Like there's a great comic. If you don't like reading, you can watch them on Comics Explained. Um, called House of M, where essentially at the it's it kind of parallels the story of uh WandaVision where she kind of like lost her mind and like she created a family in her head and they had to stop her. Uh but essentially at the end of the comic, Wanda was just like no more mutants, and there were no more mutants mm-hmm. just from her saying it. So she is extremely powerful. She was definitely nerfed in the earlier stories, but it was cool to see her. Like run through them boys like uh like fucking I don't know. Fucking Derrick Henry or some shit like that. Um
2: I feel bad for I feel bad for Thor for it now. Like I feel bad for it that it has to follow oh, this. Now, the, um, the thing is is that before when this was originally announced, Doctor Strange 2 was supposed to come out before Spider-Man. Like the the, the I, movie I don't know how, but they got because flipped.
1: they referenced Spider Man in the movie. Unless that was like a reshoot changed, or something like that. They changed the whole story because so Dr. of Strange?
2: because of COVID, like shooting schedules, all this stuff. Like Doctor Strange Two was originally supposed to come out first, and then what they were gonna, once they flipped the release dates around, America Chavez was supposed to be in Spider Man, and right. she was supposed to be the one that brought all the other Spider Mans across. And it was I don't know how they were going to make that work, knowing what we know now, but it, it's. It's different, so like I feel if Thor was coming after Spider Man, like maybe, and I don't know, man. Like if I'm Taika Waititi, I'm like, yo, can I can I get a screener? Like, what did y'all put in y'all's movie so I can make sure I make sure my shit's fire too?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> real quick, last couple notes. Uh, Wanda is a selfish B word in both like universes. She's like, bunch of other kids, um, the whole dark Disney thing. Um, <clears throat> I, I typed Disluminati, conservative outrage" I need to see if like what Fox News thinks about this because they're usually kind of like, "Oh, this is Holly Weird, and the like." They're doing seances and devils and zombies and shit. Like this shit was crazy. Um, I put, "Is this the most ambitious Marvel movie?" Wanda is "quote unquote" gone. Where's the original black dude? And where is Shang Chi? Where is he at?
0: Um, I I'm gonna be honest with Shang Chi. I don't. I... You know how Marvel do with they their characters of color, like you know they only there to serve the white man at the end of the day. Yeah. In all disrespect, but like he's probably just gonna be like a side character for a little bit.
1: I don't th- I don't think he's, he's got gonna... a sequel coming. I think I he think there, that's, he'll he be there.
0: Black Panther also has a sequel, and nobody's talked about him. Well,
1: he's uh, yeah, but that's they need a
0: casting.
2: But at the, at the end of Shang Chi, he brought the rings too long. so that's why I kind of thought like, okay, maybe he'll. Have some sort of cameo or some sort of end credit scene because
0: that might be out of sequence though.
1: That's what I was about to say because I think I think what's going to happen is is that the end credit for this movie, whenever Doctor Strange leave, is going to be when he brings in Shang Chi to help while Doctor Strange is gone. Right. So I think that one is not happened yet in this timeline because they've never. I don't think they've ever made their timelines like linear with Marvel. This is probably the closest one they've done, but I do think Shang Chi is out of order because it like where's Didn't that before hmm?
0: i Did think that, that shang chi happens before any of this
2: before like, I don't know. Right?
0: Oh, no no i think it happens after this rather like i think that may be running concurrently a little bit like because you see wong has to come back from wherever he was like i think that kind of run parallel a little bit and that we'll see shang chi and we'll see wong in the next shang chi ch- like i don't think that I don't know how I want to explain this but I I don't think that these movies are in sequence and to the point that we will see we would have seen Shang-Chi in this.
2: I think I think they're in order. I think Shang-Chi happened because of what Wong is doing. Like if this if Doctor Strange 2 happened and then Shang-Chi happens that doesn't make sense to me just because of what Wong was doing like Well that's Wong why I'm went... He wouldn't I'm go through all of running,
0: this. Per, like, they're parallel, like, storylines.
2: I don't, I don't know. It, maybe, I need to, maybe I need to watch Doctor Strange 2 again. And maybe, even like, the whole... At the beginning, when he comes back, that's when he's coming back from doing the whole thing with the rings. But I, I think it happens. I think Doctor Strange 2 happens right after. I think... I think uh, Shang-Chi and Spider-Man run together. Those two movies are running parallel to each other. And then those two movies end, and then Doctor Strange 2 happens. That's what I think.
0: So Shang-Chi happens a little closer to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, whereas Spider-Man is around the end of the year at some point. Um, so I think Shang-Chi might be first, then Spider-Man, and then like Doctor Strange. It's almost the same way that like Doctor Strange, the first Doctor Strange. Spider-Man uh Homecoming and Black Panther are all movies that run in concurrent time like they all happen around the same time. I think we might be seeing sort of a situation like that. It's possibly, yeah,
1: for sure. Oh, so my hot take about uh, Mr. Fantastic is that I think that I think that they should recast him. I think oh, that right. they, <clears throat> yeah. So I think what they I think what they did, I think it would have been like Kind of a nod like a fan service thing like the whole three spider-mans but i think they should pump fake it right because again it would be kind of fucked up and it'd be very inconsistent to have in that universe every other superhero being a different character but then when you bring him back it's the same
0: person well dr strange was himself across benedict coming back I think that's, well
1: he has to be because he's the, he's the protagonist right
2: they were but, just different
1: just different circumstances
2: like with captain Captain Marvel and um, the female Captain America, they were still, like, those timelines are still the same, but just one thing changes. Like, for Captain Marvel, the black Captain Marvel goes on the mission instead of Carol Danvers, and in the Captain America universe, uh, uh, what's her name?
0: What's her name? What's that white girl's name? Peggy Carter. Peggy, yeah, Carter.
2: Peggy gets the serum instead of Steve. But they're not totally just made of different characters, so I think that you could make it to where the same guy is uh, Mister Fantastic. I, I I think I'd like to keep him as that. I
1: don't want to I... do it just for people to be mad. I just want to pump. Like, oh yeah, we gave you a little taste. Guess what? Nah, we are not doing okay. that, bro. Give me somebody else. It's like it's too perfect of a casting. Like we can't we can't live in a world where the fans are allowed to dictate what's going on. <laughs> Give me somebody else. We should
2: because we need to recast T'Challa. So.
1: Give us well, that. Well, well then they open up the door for that. And that's what I thought was gonna happen. Like when I heard Illuminati, like I thought that they're gonna have a Black Panther variant in there, which would have been great, except he would have got killed, which would not have been great. But
0: yeah, like
1: one of the storylines in there is that uh, the they they hold their Illuminati council in Wakanda because it's so secretive. So Black Panther's not a member, but he is like the like the homeowners association board leader, right? He'd be talking shit. Or whatever, but also like they didn't have like Neymar the Submariner in there as well, so I'm, I'm curious Th- that would have been cool to kind of foreshadow the next Black Panther movie because I think it's going in that that direction, maybe or possibly. But
0: I believe Namor is like the big bad, quote unquote, in this than Black Panther in November.
1: Yes, that that have been that have been great to kind of tease that as it is forthcoming, but maybe they haven't like cast it yet or whatever. But yeah, man, it's too good. Pump fake it, give us somebody else.
0: I mean, I like John Krasinski. You know, he's always going to be Jim to me. I can't say his last name, unfortunately. Um, But, and also, the reason why I think he may be here to stay, and I got this from one of those uh, YouTube guys, is that the director of the Fantastic Four has stepped away from the project. And, you know, John Krasinski is a director now, so thinking he might step in as, like, actor-director of this uh, uh, Final, not Final Four, Fantastic Four film.
2: And they've been wanting to, like, uh, fans have been wanting Emily Blunt to be uh, Miss Fantastic, and they're both married. So, easy way to get them both in the movie. Shout
0: That's out to the- Naked Dash HDMXYZ. They're dedicated, man. They keep yeah. coming. really in yeah. here. Subscribe, please.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're going to be here like that, at least like the video right. or
0: something. It's on Everywhere You Can Stalk Your Ex. Uh, SoundCloud. Is it on SoundCloud? Yeah, SoundCloud uh Spotify Apple Podcasts anywhere where you can go and listen to the Joe Budden podcast. Also listen to KTSC. Facts. The That's let
2: black the
0: black rock be Black Panther. All
1: right, bro.
0: Not black. Not no more. Yeah, he, you know.
2: He stopped he stopped doing that because it's not as uh, profitable for him anymore. But Dwayne. uh <laughs> The uh the fight scene that Wanda had between her and the Illuminati was very uh reminiscent of uh, Omni Man and in Invincible. Like that's, that's the vibes that I got from her. I was just like, okay, she just she's just out here just gonna wreck these dudes, like no issue. Like, cause I I I'm not a big um super comic book like research reader or anything like that. So when I saw the guy. With the two forks in his head, I didn't. I didn't know who that was. I didn't understand what that was about. But then when I saw what he did to that that their universe of Doctor Strange, where he just talked and he just like blew that dude away, I was like, "Oh shit, this dude means business." And for Wanda to just get him out of here without even lifting a finger was pretty insane. I was like, "Wow." And you know what? I gotta say something. These these Marvel fans, these comic book fans, like I get the excitement, but You guys are screaming and hollering over dialogue, so like if we could just get your get your get your woo and real quick and get in and get out with that because it's like we're missing plot points because you guys are doing all that. Like just just tone it down a little bit. Like I know we're excited, but like let's chill out, please.
1: (laughs) Well, there were people. There was reports that this was like the second lowest rated Marvel film out of Phase Four. What? Oh, out of Phase Four. Well, and I'm just like... I don't understand that either, though.
2: I mean, Phase 4 is not... Phase 4 honestly hasn't been great for me. Phase 4 is, is this Black Widow, Shang-Chi, the new spider They had Black
1: Widow rated higher than this. They had an
2: A-minus. Get the fuck out of here. No way. They're like... Yeah, the it's
0: like some in the phase so far. This what I'm,
1: I'm mad confused why people are thinking this. Like, they, it's I, by far and the best one.
0: Like, not true. even close.
1: And, and that's why I don't believe. Like, I feel like a lot of people that vote on this stuff are very opinionated in one way or another. I don't think they have like an even kill mindset cuz like there's no like I I want to I want to see this movie immediately after I saw it. Like I'm going to see it again.
0: Sam Raimi even he even got past like Marvel has long had an issue with the really awful third act final battle. Like it's muddy it's hard to follow. And I think Sam Raimi even circumvented that. And it was I had a really good time with this the third act battle. So I'm not quite sure where they're getting that from. Like Shang-Chi was a good movie, but you're Into not gonna, Yeah, you're not gonna lie to me and say that the third act final battle was easy to follow and watch. It was it didn't look good. It was, it was
2: unnecessary, also. There was no reason for like the main uh antagonist for Shang-Chi was his father. Like that movie should have ended with those two hashing it out and dealing with whatever they had going on as opposed to a big flying dragon interrupting that and just taking away that moment wherever whenever either Shang-Chi kills his father or his father has some massive redemption arc because he never got that We never got any kind of closure with that the sister never got any closure with that either she was just riding the dragon I'm like oh dad's dead all right I guess we're gonna move on Black Widow in itself objectively, it's a bad movie, and it's bad storytelling. Like, I watched that movie, and I tried to give it a chance. I tried to, like, jump through the hoops and try to justify that movie, and it just wasn't it. Spider-Man 3, I didn't... I mean, it's it was very fan y Like, it's one of those movies where if you see it in the theaters the very first time, you're going to love it, but the rewatchability, I think, is pretty low. Like, all those big moments that you had in the theaters... Don't hit the same when you're watching it again. And you know what's going to happen, and you're not excited to see Toby McGuire. And you're just like, okay, why didn't Doctor Strange just get all these guys here? Like, why is he sending them out to go do it? Why don't you just do it? Why are you listening to a teenager to tell you to cast a spell? What are you doing? Like,
0: you know, what I also wonder okay, so two things. I think that Marvel does not a, as great a job as they could when there are dual villains in a film. So think Black Panther, whether it's Killmonger and Claw. I've always said that if I were to be, and this is no disrespect to Ryan Coogler, he's obviously way more experienced than I am, but if I were to be writing the film, I think I would have started with Eric already being in Wakanda and letting the shock of the the revelation about his father come with him already being part of Wakanda and ingratiated in society, um, and then let let that conflict unfold that way. Um, I don't know. I feel like this would. Black Panther was a way to kind of try to bridge the gap between Africans and African-Americans. It did not have that effect. That's not what the conversation here is, but films where there are dual antagonists. So Killmonger claw um, where there's Shang-Chi and then there's also the dragon. I mean, Shang-Chi's father, uh, and then also the dragon, like when there are too many antagonists, Marvel tends to get a little confused and it's hard to follow where Dr. Strange shine, was Wanda was the villain from the moment you saw her and she was the villain until the moment she decided to not be the villain anymore. There was and no it, there was no confusing who's going to be who, who's going to make the, the turn. Wanda is the villain is the villain is the villain.
2: From here until the end. Right. Amen. That, like that's it. I, and even, even with Shang-Chi, I felt like the uh, the one guy with the mask, like his, his dad's right hand man.
0: Oh, uh.
2: If anybody should have been a secondary villain, it should have been him.
0: He, like, he didn't say his names in the movie. Who was that? What is his point? Who was his purpose? <laughs> yeah, like he was there
2: for he was there for a reason. He had a big impact on Shang Chi's childhood, as far as like from what we saw the scenes that he was in. But like, can you give us a little bit more with this guy? Like, what? Where did he come from? Who's under the mask? Like, what's what's the deal there? Like, but they just kind of just brush that dude away and they're like, well, we need a big CGI dragon battle here. It's like,
0: And I think where right. else Doctor Strange shines is that there's already been this establishment that Doctor Strange is a bit um, fantastical. Like, you don't get caught... I didn't get caught off guard by the multiverse jumping and some of the, like, imagery within the film because you see it's nothing different from, you know... The, the mirror, yeah, in the first in the first one. Even when he, he uh, Doctor Strange himself mentions, like I've been on bad trips before, as a reference to the first film. Um, I think that Doctor Strange is one of the few films in the last couple years in Marvel Cinematic Universe that really plays to its strengths really well. Um, and I don't know if that's because of Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't know if like Doctor Strange is just particularly had really good writers and directors. Um, but people tend to to rank Doctor Strange movies. A little bit lower on the totem pole, I guess, because he is not one of those core, like those core Avengers. He's one of those, like you know, ancillary members who you like either really love him or you really don't. Uh, but I think people need to give Doctor Strange more of his flowers. I, Doctor Strange one and two are really good films, and I don't, I don't understand how you can say otherwise. <laughs> I
2: think it's because they're, they're vastly different from the other movies. Like they take creative chances, and they're more. I think they're more like comic booky with the uh, special effects. Like even with the first one, when he first goes into the to the temple and the the the, the white lady, you know, touches <laughs> his eye and makes him go fucking insane, and he's like seeing all these different things. Like that one scene right there, that's not something you're, you're not getting that in Captain America. You're not getting that in Thor. You're not getting that in Iron Man. You're not getting that in any. Like you got a little bit of it in Ant Man too but you're not getting like full on uh scenes where you feel like you're just tripping out where you're just like yo this is this is too much this is there's a lot going on here uh visually and i might be having a panic attack type uh deal like there needs to be a warning before you watch this movie when it comes to certain scenes uh special effects wise
0: my other question was why do children uh gravitate towards doctor strange so much like, is he really that much of a father figure? Because all the teenagers really go to him for help. Like, America Chavez, <laughs> Spider-Man, like, they they really latch on to Doctor Strange. It's
2: probably the cloak. Like, I feel like if you have a cloak, you're... The
0: cloak is very, very popular you're right.
2: You know, in kids' birthday parties, like,
0: kids like magic
2: tricks. And Doctor Strange is good, uh, good with those.
1: Yo, real quick, with the... I'm, and this is where my lack of research comes into play, but like with America Chavez's character, I think it could I think she'll be more like a hopefully a plot device. But like I, I don't like you you're just stashing her in like their little like magic school clubhouse place. And and shout out to the first dude that folded. Like that should have me die and talk.
0: like yo, get out of here.
1: <laughs> she said, she said run. <laughs> I, we
0: I'm actually going to, so thanks. Yeah,
1: like, I was gonna do that anyways. But like, what do you do with this character, right?
0: Well, so I think that they're setting her up and stashing her, unfortunately, for a young Avengers. So we've already seen Wicked and Speed. Uh, we're meeting America Chavez now. Um, the guy from the, kid, the
2: kid from uh Captain Captain America or Winter Soldier and Falcon.
0: Yeah, we met uh. He's- uh Patriot, um, we've met young Hawkeye now, or younger Hawkeye,
2: female
0: yeah, Hawkeye, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, we're basically we're basically uh, getting set up for young Avengers that will uh, come sometime. I'd say in the next like two to three years.
1: But like with her with her power, right? Like I'm trying to figure out how that's going to be applied. I have ways it could be applied, but it would be kind of cheese. Like, I've said that they should use the multiverse as a device to bring in a new T'Challa from a different multiverse that's, they're not doing anything. But it's just, like, it it leaves, I guess that's a good thing for Marvel because, like, if she can, if she has control over her powers to go through different multiverses, she could, they could literally, for whatever reason, bring any characters from anywhere they wanted to, you know what I'm saying?
0: Well, yeah, I think that's how we'll eventually get, uh, Mutants, that's how we'll eventually get to X Men. Well,
1: no, the mutants are the, so. The, I guess the story from I was watching some videos this weekend, like the story with the mutants versus like the, the fucking Avengers is like they want to be low key, like they're here, they're just like underground, just hanging out somewhere. But I, I hope they use it as a plot. like give us half or bring a new child, in, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: I think that's how we'll get up. Oh, darn, I just had it in my head, and now it's gone. I don't know. Like, I think that's how we'll get people like Deadpool. Like, they'll probably test it with Deadpool and bring Deadpool over. Um, Please, God, Snow no. I, yeah. hate <laughs> I'm just, I'm I hate Deadpool. I don't it. um I enjoy Deadpool. I I don't know how Marvel fans, like MCU fans, rather, will re- react to Deadpool.
2: I don't want them to do a PG-13 Deadpool. Yeah, no, that's, you that's can't funny.
0: do that. Like,
2: the, the characters that I, that I have seen in more violent adult shows i don't want to see them disney fied like i don't want to see a disney fied deadpool because i don't think you can do that i don't want to see a disney fied punisher or daredevil like those there's certain characters where
0: oh, they don't a they movie.
2: work in the p13
0: area you're getting a disney fied they didn't introduce matt murdock for no reason expect your disney fied daredevil soon
2: <laughs> solo movie then i don't want that i think i think he should get another uh, Disney a Disney Plus show maybe and you know maybe they can try to push the envelope that way, but yeah, I, I don't I don't want I don't want that. There's Deadpool needs to stay. If they they can't if they can't figure out a way to bring him over and leave him the way he is, then they just need to keep him away.
0: They've gotten a little gritty in the shows and I say gritty by Disney standards with Moon Knight. Um, I think Moon Knight is probably one of the. I haven't own- finished
1: yet, so no spoilers.
0: I won't spo- spoil it. I will say it 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 has a lot more violence than I think is typical of, of Disney uh, shows so far, which leans well to like Daredevil. Um, but yeah, I hope to your point that like the multiverse, I don't want them to get. I don't want the multiverse to be the explanation for everything. Like, I don't want them to rely on the multiverse to explain every single thing. Because then it's not fun anymore. Like, the lure of the the multiverse just is, it becomes more of an annoyance than anything that's, like, to be learned about. So I hope that they can balance. Now that they've introduced the multiverse and we've seen it in action, I hope that they can balance. Um, this doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Like, reality and then, like, multiverse. Everything can't come from the multiverse. Everything can't go through the multiverse. So I hope that they use it wisely um, in a way that like, is still exciting for fans and we don't become bored of it in two movies. I'm here alone. So I will give my hot takes Wanda. I'm tired of white women being given a pass for, for grieving. Like she don't ever have to deal with her actions and that's unfair.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, welcome to America. Um,
0: she caught a lot of bodies behind kids that didn't even exist for real. And people kept having to remind her, you made them kids up. And she was like, no, those is my kids. And I'm a kill behind them. And then she finally got to them kids. And they was like, you are terrifying, Miss Ma'am.
1: Yeah, she she definitely lost her fucking marbles multiple times. And am just like... What a
0: woman in half. The kids that didn't exist. And everybody was supposed to be like, "Oh, Wanda... Well, she was sad. No, she is a cold-blooded murderer.
1: Look, full circle, there are plenty of kids in foster care that need families. She could have adopted all the kids that she wanted to. She could have built them a nice mansion and they could have all had a blast, but no, she was being selfish. She wanted her specific fake kids, not the other fake kids in foster homes.
0: Who didn't even know her like that? They was not cool with her.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely a great movie. I'm, I'm definitely going to purchase it. Um, I enjoyed it that much. It was it was pretty good, pretty great.
2: Where where are we where are we putting? I know. I mean, I've only seen it once. I'm, I guess everybody else here has only seen it once. But where where are we putting this when we like rank uh, Marvel movies? Because what what I've done, I don't have like a act like a, a whole list where it's just like okay, this is number one, this is number two. I separated them into three three different tiers. I have top tier, I have average tier, and then I have the mid-tier. So if you had to put Doctor Strange 2 in one of those tiers, where, where are we putting that at? Because I, I know where I have
0: it for me. I mean, I have it in, like, top tier, but I've, also that's, like, a bit of a of recency bias because I just saw it. Um, it probably would take a while to, like, fully place it. But for me right now, I do think it is one of the better movies in the Marvel Universe. I
1: second that
2: yeah i have it in the top tier and i, I, I guess I'll, I'll read off the top tier just to kind of see like where it's where it stacks up so the movies that i have in the top tier are civil war infinity war guardians of the galaxy spider-man 1 black panther iron man 1 winter soldier and shane chi so i feel like dr strange 2 is on par with those movies
0: I'd probably swap out your your shang Chi for Doctor Strange too i would I would I would push that movie down just a bit because of the third act
2: that's fair. I could probably like even reading it I was like
0: eh, do
2: I want Shang Chi
0: there Yeah
2: <laughs> I would push
0: that it's just, and also because of Aquafina and honestly obviously that has nothing to do with the story. she's not Aquafina in the movie, but I do not like that young lady.
2: They didn't, They. I felt like they were forcing her. They're. They're forcing her storyline in there. I like, don't want to see her again. I uh, Yeah, they, prefer, they just not do this. Like, just we don't need her. You can just. You can move on from her. From her easily. No I problems. hope
0: there's a second blip that only takes her.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've wrapped that up with the Marvel stuff. Um. I Guess, real quick, because I, I have not watched much of the uh NBA playoffs. Fuck, uh, Baker Mayfield, I don't care about him. Um,
2: no one in the NFL does either,
1: yeah. That, that, mm, no comment, anywho. Um, real quick, uh, if you guys want, y'all can take over the sports. But did you guys hear the new Kendrick Lamar that dropped?
0: I did not. It- I, I don't know where I was. It was an hour ago, so as soon as we wrap up here, I'm going to go watch it. I did see him, like, morphing into um, different people. I don't know if I'm ready to see him morphing to Kobe, um, but we'll see.
2: See, that, and I, I think that kind of, that might mess it up for you, because I, I heard the song, like, I listened to the song a few times, and then I realized there was a video, and I was like, oh, okay, let me go check out the video. And, you know, he's, he's rapping or whatever, and it gets to the part, where he starts changing, and I, I it, it threw me. It threw me for a loop because I was not expecting that. I was just like, "Oh, it's just gonna be just him rapping in front of the camera, and then he changes." I'm like, "Oh shit!"
0: Yeah. That's like not-
2: now, the, now, these lyrics are hitting it a little bit different. Now the things that he's saying when he has these different faces on, it it feels different than when you just hear it. Like when you visually see it, now it's like, "Okay, this is this is a little bit different."
0: Happy hmm. is back though. Poor Jay Carlo, because you know. You got yeah. like days left before nobody cares about what you did over the weekend.
1: Yeah, and and while talking about the video, I got flamed up in the chat for making fun of Drake and Future playing Game of Thrones. Like, come on! Like th- this is this is a a way less a way lesser uh, designed, budgeted video that's going to have way more impact. Like, even if he would have just rapped like he was rapping, I still feel like that hit different than them out there cosplaying with someone's
0: it's also strange because I know for a fact that Future and Drake are not actively LARPing, like they are not. I'm when you a nerd, like I want you to be a nerd, so I, I want to see you like really in in character. And it's just this well, is that,
1: that's actually character for Drake because he always appropriates other cultures, so this this falls right in line with that. And
0: too little, too late too, because middle medieval shows aren't even like out right now. House yeah, of Dragons about to come out, but like. Game of Thrones has been off air for like three years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't watch it. And I still don't understand why people like, I guess I don't understand why people make like big budget videos. Like the Kendrick Lamar video was cool. Cause I'm like, he probably made that on his iPhone or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Well, outside of the visual part, but I know it wasn't expensive as the video that future and Drake did. So it's like, yeah, get them, get them all out of the paint. And, and it's crazy because like, as, as I dip out of here, like, the first thing I thought about after that was I thought about Certified Lover Boy, and, like, how uninspired that project was. Like, shit, probably one of these verses from this song, from Lamar, which is a five-minute song, which is something we don't get much anymore, which, which caught my eye as well. Most of the songs these days are, like, two minutes, two minutes and 30 seconds. Like, I feel like there's more inspiration in one of these verses than the entire Certified Lover Boy album. Which is crazy. That's why Kendrick is that guy. But I'll let you guys take over sports recap. I will catch y'all later.
2: Sports. Yeah, hey, sports. Yeah, because James Harden is whooping our ass right now, so I'm not very happy about that. Um, I guess we can. Do you want? We can start a little bit on the on yesterday's uh, games, or well, actually, the early game with the Dallas. And Phoenix. Mm. The way this series is going is kind of surprising to me. Um, I thought Phoenix was like clearly the better team. They have the two best players out of everybody. So for this series to be tied up right now is um, pretty uh, questionable. Uh, I'm the biggest Chris Paul Paul hater out here. (laughs) So to see him uh, struggle through another series that they probably should have won in five uh, brings me joy. Um, seeing what happened to his family in the stands is not like... I hate that, obviously, but...
0: Fans are so weird, man.
2: And I saw... Did you see the video I sent you? Of, like, of the actual fan that, that I guess, pushed his mom or his girlfriend, or his wife? I did. It's like, it's like some 17, 18-year-old white kid. Like, what? what are you doing?
0: I just... Why? <laughs> and I don't even know how you fix it. I just feel like, I don't know, maybe like, maybe we got to start getting uh, players, families, and like their associates in a different area. Maybe fans have too much access to them. Maybe we need to stop selling floor seats and stuff to fans and like give, I don't know what we got to do, but I feel like fans have way too much access and they're way too emboldened to like harass people and, uh, and harass people close to players. The NBA, NBA fans, especially NBA fans in arenas, it's a real toxic culture of just, like, saying whatever you want to say to guys on the floor and then, like, throwing stones and hiding your hands. Like, that doesn't... You don't get to just talk to these guys any kind of way just because they're entertaining you for the moment. And you for sure don't get to talk to their families and their friends any kind of way just because they're affiliated with a guy you don't like, who you also don't know. You don't know this man outside of what he does with the basketball. Um, so stricter penalties for these fans and, like, arenas and teams in the league have to be more intentional about the way they regulate fan access to player, family, and friends.
2: Putting putting your hands on an athlete's spouse or family member, that's insane behavior. Like, that's absolutely insane behavior. And I don't know, the fact that, like, Chris Paul was unable to do anything about that. Like, I could see myself as a husband and father and a son, seeing, you know, presumably my family in some sort of danger and not being able to do anything about it because I'm at work. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that just... It doesn't seem right. Uh, Or it's not right. It's not that it doesn't seem right. It's not right. Like, fans have got to do better. Jesus Christ, this... Okay, so apparently the Heat are going to lose this game, so I'm have to change my Heat in 5 tweets and the Heat in 6 because... James Harden is, has turned back into uh, Houston James Harden. So that's all right. The second
0: round of the playoffs has been especially odd um, with like teams that should be like clear runaways um, like the Phoenix Suns, like the Miami Heat who are, I won't say struggling, but they're having a bit more back and forth um, with the lesser tier teams or lesser seated teams. Um, it's a bit weird. Like the, the I, I assumed, and this is no disrespect to John Moran and the Memphis Grizzlies who have proven themselves to be a really good team, but I assumed that the Warriors would have a lot easier of a time with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, uh, I assumed that I kind of the opposite. I kind of thought
2: the Suns would have an easy time with the Mavericks and that the, yeah. the Warriors would go through the, uh, Recently,
0: it's like, well, early. the only reason I said the Warriors would have an easier time is because they're a more a slightly more experienced team with Clay, Steph, and Dre out there who have had championship experience and know what it takes to win. I I guess that's a testament to like how s- small tweaks in a roster can really shift a team. Um, but that that's why I expected them to be have a bit more uh ex- a bit more of an easier time. Same thing with the Suns. The Suns were just here last season. So for them to be struggling the the way they are against uh, the Mavericks with Devin Booker back in the lineup is a bit surprising.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, As far as, like, the Grizzlies, like, they, they played, obviously they played great when John Morant wasn't playing. So a lot of people would assume, like, oh, well, they're a good team without John Morant. They should be able to, you know, play better. These role players should be able to step up in Golden State and that's just not the case. Like when it comes to the playoff, things get tougher. Defenses get tighter. Like coaches are game planning to get these, get certain people out of the game. And game one, uh Jared, what the JJJ guy, he hit like nine threes and they still lost. Yeah. Game two, John Morant put up 47 points and they barely won that game. And I look at that, I'm just like, yeah, if you do like a sp- snake draft of just everybody that's uh, on both rosters, John Morant is probably the number one overall pick. Number two is Steph. Number three is Jordan Poole. Number three is probably Clay or Draymond. Like, yeah, John Morant is the best player on the in that series, but after that, who's the other guy that's going to get you a basket? Who's the other guy that can take over a quarter for you? or get a closing shot. And I just don't think they have a guy. And I think that's, that is rearing its ugly head in here uh, in this series, because you're not playing the Minnesota Grizzlies who've never won anything. So when they go up by 20, them blowing that lead isn't that big. It isn't surprising. Whereas the Warriors, they get up 20. They know how to sustain that, or they know how to hold that. Or if they get down 20, they can kind of get they know how to fight back through that and Minnesota just didn't have that and um the grizzlies are just running into an experienced a more experienced team that kind of know, that's been there done that and has better players than the uh, the grizzlies do
0: i will say the series that people should it ex- should expect to go the distance and i think most people do expect to go the distance is boston uh Boston and Milwaukee, I think those are of the teams that are currently still in the playoffs. Those are the two most like evenly matched teams to where it could go either way, depending on who has players that are ready to step up. I will say that the Boston Celtics should have more of an edge in this series because they have two guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum who can take over a game and be consistent and score 30 a piece. And then they have Marcus smart. And then they have somebody who's so great on defense, like Robert Williams, like Grant, uh, Grant Williams, like our Horford in spurts. Um, they have Daniel Tice, like they should be able to edge out the Milwaukee Bucks, but then they also have issues where they fall into this, like really intense desire to shoot ill time threes. And they take, breaks on defense sometimes um and it allows milwaukee to to battle back into games um so it i think in that series it depends on which team is willing to lock down for the most amount of games
2: i'm just a little uh upset that chris middleton is out for this series but it is cool to see uh Giannis kind of Go into this mode where it's just like, all right, I, I'm going to do something here. I'm just going to take over this game. I'm going to get in the paint, and I'm just going to bull, bulldoze everybody and get a bucket. And I don't know if you saw this. I saw a tweet from Colin Cowherd, and he said that prime Giannis is better than prime Colby. And the reason he said that is because he is a fan of the mid-range and not a fan of all the flashy stuff. So, I I saw that tweet. I'm not saying that Colin Cowherd is wrong, but I am saying that his reasoning is flawed. Like, because Kobe Bryant was a great mid-range shooter. Like, I don't know where, we're, where he's getting this idea that Kobe Bryant couldn't shoot in the mid-range. Like, he lived there because Michael Jordan lived there. So, of course, Kobe lived there too. So, if, I think his reasoning is flawed, but if you look at the things that Giannis is doing right now on the floor when it comes to being able like he can put up 50 points the way Kobe could, but Kobe couldn't dominate you in the paint on defense or dominate you defensively and push the ball the way Giannis is able to do. So I'm not saying I'm not saying that prime Giannis is better than prime Kobe. But I'm not saying that that's wrong, if you
0: want to say that. I mean, I don't think prime Giannis... First of all, I don't think we're seeing prime Giannis. I think Giannis has a... I I won't say a lot more to go, but I think there's more in the tank for Giannis to win. He's hitting
2: free throws throws now. He's just decided to do that.
0: I think Giannis has some more time. I think we'll have to look back on Giannis's uh, career to be like, oh, no, this was actually prime Giannis. I don't know if you get to call him prime Giannis now. Um, I, I I don't know. I think that Giannis will turn it up another notch in the next, like, three to four seasons, and then we'll be like, oh, no, nah, this is prime Giannis right here. Um, but I also I, Colin Cowherd's job is to say inflammatory things for engagement. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it. I'm not going to tell him he's wrong. I just, to your point, Kobe Bryant lived in the mid-range. Like, I don't – this idea that Kobe Bryant was all flash is kind of strange to me. Uh, Not to say that he couldn't get flashy, but I think he wasn't that. Um, But also, I've always had an issue with comparing players uh, of different sizes and uh, positions and, like, comparing their ability. Because, it's, of course, it's going to be different for Giannis. Giannis is almost seven feet tall. Kobe Bryant was, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, so, of course, it'll be... Giannis can do things in the paint that Kobe w- was never able to. Um, so, I mean, you, I'm not here to tell people that their comparisons are wrong. I just want us to be able to compare things that, like, make sense. And I don't know if that, that comparison necessarily makes sense. I kind of...
2: Um, not saying comparing their two games or styles because obviously we're, we're, what you just said, but I would more so compare Giannis to like what Shaq was, where it's just like you can't, you can't do anything once he gets into a certain part of the paint or when it's just like all right, Giannis wants to get to the rim or Giannis is in the paint he wants to score. There's not much you can do about it. Like physically, you can't do anything about it because he is big and strong and he's so long. Like he can be at the three point line take two steps. Now he's in the paint and his arms are so long. They can just lay it up from anywhere on the floor. It's like, how do you stop that physically? Like that's, they don't make players that look like Giannis that can run like Giannis and handle the ball like him and that type of touch, touch around the rim. So it's like, imagine if Shaq had that kind of speed, had that kind of length played that kind of defense was able to handle the ball and shoot free throws. Like, Giannis, they, like there's not another Giannis out there physically. There's they've never made a guy like this.
0: Right. And it's gonna be hard to stop a guy of that size of stature who can do all of those things. And he isn't even at the top of what all he can do. Like there's still more room for growth for Giannis. And knowing Giannis and the player that he is, he's going to reach those heights because he he wants it that bad. Um
2: he wants to be one of the greats. And he's I mean he's. When you can, when you look at the things that he's accomplished by twenty-seven, like two-time MVP, an uh, Finals MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, All-NBAs, All-Star, like he's done a lot before thirty. A lot of he's done a lot of things before thirty that a lot of people haven't done their entire career.
0: Right, and that's why I say I don't know if we've seen prime Giannis yet. I still think that Giannis has another gear, and I think that when it's all said and done, Giannis is going to be one of those guys. Who in 10, 15 years, he's gonna be, oh, we've never seen we've never we're never gonna see another Giannis again. In the same that we're we're never gonna see another Shaq again, we're never gonna see another Kobe, we're never gonna see another Michael. Like Giannis is gonna be one of those guys. Cause I I, I, I just think he has another gear to kick it into. And I don't think we've seen the, the best of Giannis yet.
2: Well, and maybe I'm I'm speaking way ahead and I'm probably gonna end up putting my foot in my mouth for saying this, but on paper. If you look at the Celtics, they got Jason Tatum, they got Jalen Brown, who are two of the top, you know, you could probably make an argument, two of the top 25 players in the league, top 10 in their position, defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, uh, their coach, uh, Coach Nia Long is one of the best coaches out there, and they have, I believe they have, they have home court advantage, and Chris Middleton is out, and it's like, they like
0: should shoe in. Like, this should, yeah. this series should not be what the series is.
2: Yes. So, Boston, on paper, should win this series at best in six games. But I feel like we're going to look back and be like, how did the Bucks win this series? And it's just going to be, oh, they had Giannis. Like, yeah. Yeah they, but, didn't have but, yeah. they didn't have this. Yeah. They got that. But they don't have this guy. They don't have Giannis. They don't have Jordan. They don't have LeBron. They don't have Kevin Durant. Like, there's certain people where, It doesn't matter what those other people do. It doesn't matter what the other team has. If you have Giannis, you're good.
0: And sometimes I think that the Celtics play, they'll get a lead, and they don't play to win. They don't keep their foot on the gas. They don't play to completely dominate a team. They play not to lose. Um, And that's where you get those lapses in defense and lapses in offense to where everything is a three-point shot or Giannis could slide past you, and, and next thing you know, Giannis has gone on a 12-0 run by himself um, yeah. at the top of the third. Like, I, I think that sometimes they get a little lax when they have a lead. And this isn't – that's not atypical of the Celtics. That's been a problem for them for a very long time. So if we do look back at this series in game seven and the clock hits triple zero and the Bucs are on their way to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, I don't think it'll it'll be less because of what the Bucks did and more because of what Boston didn't do to win.
2: At this point, I want to see Giannis play the Warriors in the finals. Like, now that's that's what I'm rooting for. Even though I want the Heat to get to the finals, right now, for entertainment purposes, seeing a force like Giannis go up against one of the all-time greatest franchises in basketball history with their style of play and their coaching and the way they move the ball around and how they shoot the ball. I'd love to see those two contrasting styles go up against each other and see, like, for for NBA supremacy, like, which, what is it that's going to push the NBA forward? Because it is mostly a a copycat league, but, you know, they, they always say it's a copycat league. But you can't copy what Steph does or what Steph did. And you can't copy what Giannis is doing. Like, you don't have that guy to do that. So you can't copy what it is that the Bucks and Warriors have done. So right now, I'm I'm full, fully on board uh, a uh, Bucks-Warriors uh, finals matchup now.
0: I think for the Bucks and the Celtics, the game to watch will be game five. That I think the winner of game five is the winner of the series.
2: That's in Boston? Yeah, that's in Boston.
0: Yeah, I think the winner of Game 5, you can go ahead and, and call them the Eastern Conference Uh, call them going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll go ahead and put that out there.
2: Well, I know a lot of people are saying whoever wins that series is winning the East. They think those are the two uh, best teams in the East that are left. They feel okay. like they beat uh, Miami or Philly.
0: As much as I don't like Miami, I'm not going to sit here and act like they aren't a team that has some fight in them and and can stop a road to the NBA finals. I think if I I would say whoever wins out of Boston and Milwaukee, doesn't matter which team they're going to be hoping to see Philadelphia and not Miami.
2: Yeah. Miami needs that home court advantage. And I think that's, that is, that is the only reason why Philly won today is because James Harden did not have to spend two nights in Miami doing God knows what. Because when James Harden is in Miami, he is doing some legendary things off of the court.
0: When James Harden is, is within 100 miles of a strip club, he—it's like Kryptonite. Yes. <laughs> he loses all ability to think straight. I
2: would—I would love to see when uh, James Harden retires. I don't want to see like a last dance style documentary on him. I want to hear the stories of him and John Wall in the strip clubs of Houston during his time there. I want to know all those stories. I want to hear every I want them to talk to the security guy, the bartenders, the bottle girls, the dancers, the DJs, his homeboys. I want to know all of the good stories from when James Harden was arguably the best player in the league, MVP, playing in Houston on a max contract going into those strip clubs. I need to hear those stories cuz those have to be legendary like unheard
0: of i've got this in my head i have not started any like concepting for this I, i don't know i maybe never will my head is an endless source of ideas but in my head i have this like hbo baller style winning time style dramatic series called rook where you just follow a rookie in their, NBA, their like first NBA season, and James Harden would be a perfect character that is like the worst influence on a young basketball player because I know that nigga acts a fool in the club, and he will take a rookie with him. I actually I don't even want to hear from players or James Harden about his time. I want to hear from the strippers. I think the strippers got the yeah. best POV on what James Harden was like in Houston. And I want to hear it. I want
2: those stories. I think we deserve those stories. I think those stories will be uh, uh, great. Um, something that we kind of circling kind of back to the beginning, we're going to wrap here pretty soon. Um, so this whole Kendrick thing, he hasn't dropped an album in five years. There's a lot of expectation. There's a lot of pressure that comes along with being considered one of the all-time greats and taking this long of a break and having your peers put out uh, music that people claim to be classic material, there's a lot of pressure that comes with being Kendrick. And I'm, I'm curious to see how it's handled. Uh, I'm not going to be on Twitter the weekend. Uh, his, his album drops because I know it's just going to be people doing the thing, that Twitter does when a polarizing artist drops or when they're uh, a stand of, the, of an opposing artist. And it's just like, I feel like people are just going to immediately say, well, this isn't the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's trash. This isn't great enough. Like this isn't, you know, whatever. And I feel like it's going to be super annoying. Um, but as far as my expectations for this, based off of the name of the album, I'm, I think we talked about this, or I talked with this with uh, KJ and in, uh, in, on Instagram. I would like to hear some live instrumentation. I would like to hear some Thundercat uh, production, and I would like for him to have some TDE features, like Schoolboy, J Rock, Absol, Isaiah Rashad, Any SZA, anybody. I would love for him. With this being his, his last TDE album, I would like for him to actually put them on his album. Um, I don't really care about what his numbers are, but I, I do expect this to be one of the more artistically challenging albums to come out this year. Like I, I kind of expect it to be in the realm of like what. Denzel Curry is doing and what uh IDK did last year and what Saba's doing. Um, but I think it's gonna be tough to it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for him to please hip hop, uh, rap Twitter,
0: of course, which rap Twitter is honestly just like 15 year old white kids, yes, um, who were never I'm not gonna say never supposed to be a part of it anyway, but like rap was not originally catered to you, so you're kind of in a space that you're not supposed to be talking in any way, but you can't tell why people do that. Um, I would say what I expect from Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I expect, I don't expect another to up a butterfly, but I expect something that is probably conceptually a little bit difficult to understand. I, let me not say difficult to understand because I don't want to sound like a pretentious rap fan. It needs, right. it needs needs
2: It needs more than one listen.
0: Right, yeah. Something that is not a super easy listen, like it's not going to be like, damn, it's not going to be like Good Kid, Mad City. Uh, I expect something, to your point, um, some live instruments, something that's a bit more jazz influence. Um, I expect a story. I expect just something that may be a bit more of a commentary on his time away. Um, So that's what I'm expecting. I would love to see some features from TDE. I would love to see SZA. I'd love to see Q. Uh, I think that what I'm expecting from this album would lend well to like Ab Soul. Um, so I'm hoping to hear some futures but I'm also just hoping to hear from and I, I think you probably could expect Baby Keem on this somewhere. Um, but I think more than anything I'm just hoping for and expecting um, just like a perspective from Kendrick. I think that's the only thing I'm going in. Like to come away from the album and feeling like Kendrick just offered a perspective on whether it be his life away for the last five, six years, um, his time as a dad, what he's learned. Like I'm expecting that from Kendrick. Um, the rest of, is it a good or a bad album? Is it a classic album? I think I'll just leave that up for people to discuss literally two hours after the album, which is the thing I want y'all to stop. I want y'all to stop being so yes. eager to discuss albums and their content two hours after they de- debut on Friday um, or Thursday night, like I I think you will enjoy things a lot more if you listen to them um, and not listen to them for a response or for a hot take, but like really listen and to see if you like the music and you don't have to, I'm not saying you're going to come away and feel some revolutionary love for an album but I do think you gain a lot more when you take the time to like Form an opinion that is your own and not an opinion you saw on a Twitter feed two hours after the album dropped.
2: Yeah, and that's that's I have been trying to get better at doing that. I've been trying on on Fridays. I try to listen to. Um, it, it's usually it usually happens with like more polarizing artists, like the, not and I don't want to say polarizing. I, the more popular artists where I know there's going to be a conversation about it, like the you know J Cole, uh, Drake, Future. Um, Jack even Jack Harlow there was I knew there was gonna be a conversation about that so what I like to do is I like to try to listen to an album at least two or three times before I get on Twitter and see all the mess that is spewed so I can have my own opinion formed about it so I like I listen to I listen to futures album on my own without you know looking at anything I to it, to it for a few times And I, you know, there were some songs I liked There was some I didn't like. And I was like, okay, this is, I had my, formed my own opinion on it. And then I went to YouTube and listened to a few reviews on it. One of the reviewers said it was the album of the year. And then the other reviewers said, this is one of the worst future projects ever released. So it's just like, if you don't have your own opinion, you're going to go out there and your opinion is going to get shaped for you by people who are on, usually on one or the other sides of the extreme. There's never really any, just middle ground on the internet. So I I think it's best for people to listen to music while you're not on Twitter, while you're not, you know, distracting yourself by being stimulated other ways as opposed to just listening to what the artist is saying. I Uh, in an uh, era of
0: hot takes, like,
2: Oh
0: yeah, for sure. Oh, well, everybody's I, got a hot take. I oof, so many. Yeah, and you know that's just you know the search for engagement, the search for like validation. If if you know six niggas retweet you saying this album is trash, you feel validated. Even if, 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 if that's not what you think, because I know it's a lot of niggas who will call an album trash, but secretly you know bump it at any chance they get. So I just I implore people to at least give it a weekend, give it a weekend, give it till Tuesday before you you form an opinion on it. You might, what you hear on Friday morning at 2 a.m. may be exactly how you feel on Tuesday at 2 a.m., but at least you gave it a couple of days to sit and like really give it a listen. You're not going to get everything that an artist intends for you. I mean, certain artists now. Certain artists you can listen to in a couple, in an hour and be like, all right, that is exactly what you're going to get from that. But I think...
2: There was no need for me to re-listen to Certified yeah. Lover Boy. Like I I got it the first time, Drake. Thank you. There, I didn't need to, I didn't need a, a deep dive on this one.
0: And this is not me some, like, oh, you gotta be an intellectual to listen to Kendrick. I'm just saying nah. like an artist that puts time into their work, I just would you should give time into listening to it.
2: Yeah, at least give it the the, the credit and the uh, respect it deserves. Like if you know. They, they don't put in a lot of time and effort into making the, the art, then I guess you should put in as much time and effort into dissecting it. Um, so we're gonna, what we're going to do real quick, uh, we'll do one, one quick sports take and then song of the week, and we'll, we'll get out of here. So Baker Mayfield, when the season starts in August, I guess, what team is he playing for or what team is he on?
0: He is um on a team blue at his local FedEx. <laughs> so yeah, so he's out of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some. Give me a team. I, I think he ain't got no choice but to stay with Cleveland. <laughs> really? Yeah, who- nobody's chomping at the bit for me Mayfield. <laughs> wow,
2: that would be. I don't know if they could he's do right
0: that. on Cleveland's bench.
2: I don't think they could do. That's a. I don't think they could do that. That's a lot of tension in that quarterback room, and that's a lot of money tied up into your backup. That that you know what? But if they did, I would I would pay to watch. If they did hard knocks, I'd pay for that. They if Baker Mayfield is not traded, HBO needs to. I don't know who they're doing hard knocks on this coming year, but they need to go ahead and be like, now we we change our mind. We're going to Cleveland. Like ah, I'm sorry, I know we had all this pre shoot pre shot stuff. We're changing our minds. We're going to Cleveland, and we're just, just gonna watch Baker and Deshaun.
0: I can't see a team who's making calls for Baker Mayfield. That's I just I can't think of one single NFL team who is making calls for Baker Mayfield right now.
2: I'm looking at these rosters. It's very. It's, I'm looking at these teams. It's very hard for me to justify him going to any team that would one want to give up uh, value for a one-year rental and Baker's going to want like a pretty big deal. So it's like, I'm not going to give up a third or fourth round pick for a one-year guy that I might not sign a re- long-term. And even if you look at these bad teams, if I'm a bad team, Baker Mayfield is good enough to keep me from getting a Bryce Young next year. So why would I do that? So I'm going, I'm going to put them on the Houston Texans. I, I don't, I, that's the only team I could think of. Like they're pretty, I guess they could be an average team and maybe Baker come in there and either be a veteran backup or push for the starting spot. I don't know. I feel like Baker's career is over. Uh, song of the Week.
0: Uh, song of the Week is a song called Energy from an artist called uh, or named Sergio. It's featuring Hundo. Um, I actually came across this song at work um, because of a, a project that we have, we started um, and are starting to transition off of, unfortunately. But he was one of the artists that we had picked up during that run. Um, and so, yeah, Sergio, uh, the song comes off of the project, a full project. Um, it's It's got this, like, new R&B sound. Um, it helps that he's very attractive. But also the song is really good. Um, so it's called Energy. And it is off of the project give me one second, because I would want people to listen to the entire project. It's off to the project before it's too late. It's the first track on that album. So, Sergio featuring Hundo, Energy.
2: Alright, my song is from uh, IDK, rap writer of DC. He had an EP called uh, Simple, fully produced by Keitronato. If you're not up on Keitronato, you, you should definitely go back and listen to what he's doing. It's kind of hard for people to find because he's not listed under Rapper hip hop, he's under electronic. Mm -hmm. Ketronata is, is. but I mean, he's worked with like Anderson Pack, Sid, Kendrick, um, a lot of uh, like a lot of artists, a lot of people know that make great music, so he's someone that you should be listening to. But IDK, uh, I didn't become aware of him until I think I think 2019-2020. He's actually a really great rapper, and I, I had his. The last album you put out last year was in my top five. And the album, this album is great. So I'm going to go with the song. It's called Taco. It's just a, a rapper just out here rapping. So I like to hear rappers rap. And that's what he's doing. So that's my song of the week. Um, shout out to uh, South who was here earlier. Shout out to Tech. Uh, I got a Grammy. Lowski was in the chat earlier. Uh, who else was in there? Uh, shout out to, uh, King quest. He's always, always in here. Um, just shout out to everybody that's been, uh, listening, sharing, retweeting, following all that good stuff. Uh, drop every Tuesday. And, uh, right. Have you got any shout outs? Uh,
0: shout out to all the mamas, mamas, baby mamas, mamas. No, shout out to all the moms, all the people who, uh, were able to celebrate all the people who wanted to celebrate, but could not for whatever reason. Uh, shout out to all y'all and love to all y'all
2: thanks shout out to all the moms y'all deserve to have y'all stay so um with that uh we're out so i guess we're just gonna exit it out and see you next week
0: (laughs) Bye. bye